watch Action Sports Jacks on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Now Action Sports Jacks is on your radio. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios, here's your host, Brent Martineau. Hey everybody, welcome to the Players' Championship. Oh, we arrived a little bit early. It doesn't start until next week. Yeah, you know, and speaking of Robin early, I got here about, I don't know, with 30 seconds to spare before the show started, but welcome I'm to here, my world. Uh, I'm, I'm on time, and I'm glad to be on time. Well, welcome to my world. I've been here since 9 o'clock this morning, so uh, Dang. I'm just living here Put at TBC Sawgrass. Yeah, we had an event here at TBC Sawgrass earlier today, which was very cool, with a lot of the business people uh, in town, Mayo Clinic and the Players' Championship, uh, which was ne- nice, and then we were working on a story for next week and one of our TV specials that we'll have, and then... Uh, uh, after that, we took a little tour of where we're going to be next week here on radio, all the different locations, and now we have made it out here to the the players' welcome area, this new welcome area that is here at the Players' Championship in 2019. It's really cool, and it includes, of course, the replica 17th hole, which I know it will be doing in commercial breaks, taking a few swings. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the real question is, do we have clubs here and stuff? I mean, do we have the tools necessary to take part in this challenge? Well, considering they don't let you walk through the gates with... Clubs, I see an open bar. I think they probably will provide them. Okay. Hopefully cool. lefty for me. But if I have to beat you right-handed, I'll do it. <laughs> it's, it's been done before. I also see they have an open bar over here uh, sponsored by Grey Goose, which is just tempting me to go over there. And yeah, wait till 6 up. o'clock on that front. Well, uh, I have to train tonight. I can't do that. Oh, true. Gotta you check can't out touch the, any uh, of that stuff. The Sawgrass Splash, man. Oh, is that the drink? Oh, yeah. Coos, can you give us a little... Uh, appetizer of what it all consists of? I believe it is uh, Grey Goose vodka with some orange juice, and that's it. So it's a You know what? I'm thinking, because I'm seeing a lot of oranges over here, so yeah. I assume that's what they're serving out over I here. I think they put a little bit of lemonade in it, too, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't had it since last year, but it's pretty decent. All right. Probably. I have a fun little story about Coos coming up a little bit later on, but there's too much sports to get to right now you talk to, my uh, girlfriend, to get to that you? part. Nah, well, I'm going to keep you guessing a little uh-huh. bit. I'm going to keep you guessing a little bit, but I did spend a lot of time here at TPC Sawgrass uh, today. Uh, coming up, by the way, a little bit later on tonight, uh, just the J-Fund, uh, Tom Coughlin J-Fund Gala, Wine Gala is tonight. We'll be over there uh, on the TV side, CBS 47 and Fox 30. We might even catch up with Tom Coughlin, and if we do, well, We'll talk about the J-Fund and all the good work it does, but hopefully a football question or two. And how about the news today? We kind of gave you a, a, a little bit of a heads up on this, that t- today could be a busy day yeah. in Jags headquarters land, and it was. Not shocking moves, not shocking developments. Uh, I'm still a little bit torn on the inside on Tayshawn Gibson, and I told you this earlier in the week, that Jags are too. This was a tough move for them. Gibson released, Parnell released. Hyde released, Malik Jackson released, and Carson Tinker released. And listen, Tinker, from a business sense and how much it impacts the football team, I think we can debate. Uh, but we really like Carson Tinker. He's a cool dude. And I think a lot of people in the community, a lot of Jags fans, really like him. Uh, so you hate to see that. That's the business side of it. I would say the same for Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson, dollars and cents-wise, compared to production last year and, and what they have to trim, makes a lot of sense that they release him. They couldn't get a trade partner, obviously. Carlos Hyde, listen, guys. Carlos Hyde uh, did not work out. (laughs) It just did not work out. And they wasted a fifth-round pick, yes. I think they had good intentions with that move. It was good on the surface. I don't think they expected him to be, for lack of a better word, and I hate to characterize guys I don't know very well, but at least in this bunch, it was a bad apple, and it didn't work. In that room, whether that was more Fournette, Yeldon, Tyrone Wheatley, whether that was just lack of playing time, uh, frustrations, whether that is Carlos Hyde in general, uh, that 
that was more of a personality clash and a character clash that they were like, okay, see you later, we'll save the $4.5 million on it. And then it comes to Gibson. To me, the Gibson news today is the one that registers with me. Shocking? No. It clears, what, $8, $9 million in, in space. It makes sense. They have to clear stuff. But he's a good player. He's a borderline Pro Bowl player. He is a pro, former Pro Bowler, but he's borderline Pro Bowl player uh, even the last couple of years. And I think he fits them. I don't think he'll be easy to replace. And I'm really surprised, Austin, they couldn't get a trade partner for Tayshawn Gibson. This that, guy has a lot of value still. And at 28, 29 years old, that's a that's, he's still got a lot of good football left. So when you say shocking roster moves, yeah, obviously – None of these moves really surprised us. Um, I think we kind of talked about them the whole week and whatnot. But what I was surprised at, the fact that we couldn't get anything for Gibson. And same thing with Jackson as well, Malik Jackson. I mean, I, yeah, you, you know, brought that was, up. Yeah, I brought that up a little hefty bit. Hefty contract, I mean, though. It is a hefty contract, but you got to think with Malik, I mean, he's going to want a hefty contract regardless. So now a team's got to, you know, re-sign him to a new deal. I figured a team would just at least take a gamble and, you know, take on. I think he had one more year left in his deal, if I'm not mistaken, or two more years. Malik Jackson, Jackson? Yeah. Uh, he had, set, oh, he had uh, a couple of six-year deal okay. in the, in the, on the outset. So he had several, but they got away from the guaranteed money and yeah. all that. So there was a lot of money on this deal left. Yeah. Uh, so it was a, let's see, it was a five, six, it was a six-year, $90 million deal when they signed him. Okay, so I guess from that aspect, then maybe you can see that, the, you know, he didn't get a, there was a lot of trade value there. But for Gibson, I mean, a guy that we, you know, you can really say we got at a discount from Cleveland. And, and granted, you know, he didn't have his best season last year, but I thought he still showed some promise. And going into this year, I thought he had a lot of potential. So the fact that nobody wanted to take a risk on Gibson is really shocking to me. Yeah, we got a little breeze here at TPC Sawgrass. I'm surprised your beard can't block any of that breeze. I mean, if, if I can stand in front of you a little more, I'm sure it can. But I think don't, if you drop back a little bit, but then you go into the sun. And I know you're a little bit of a wimp when it comes to the sun, oh, so you don't sweat a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, hey. <laughs> It's not. It's actually a beautiful day here at TBC Sawgrass. Could I mean, this better. is perfect. If mm-hmm. if we get this weather, it'll be tough for the golfers because the wind is blowing a bit. It's a little swirly, but it is awesome weather right here at the Players Championship. As uh, they hope they have this kind of weather next week, and I think Thursday and Friday are looking like this. Next weekend projected doesn't look uh, maybe as good as this. But if you hear a little wind gust from now and again, that's because we're outside at uh, TPC Sawgrass. But we're going to talk a ton of football today. Josh Lambo will join us on the show. He's actually out here, so he's going to stop by. Marcel Darius calls in and he'll be an interesting one to talk to because losing Malik Jackson next to him I'll be interested to hear his thoughts. Remember Marcel Darius could have been a victim of today but he reworked his contract and then also Tayshawn Gibson. What does he mean to this defense? How good can Jared Wilson fill his role? Will the Jags go elsewhere to find a safety, a free safety to help uh, elevate that position and not just rely on Wilson, who I would say is still an unknown commodity to many and probably even the Jaguars. He's played well when asked to play, but he hasn't played a ton. So a lot, lot happening with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we're just touching the surface on all this stuff. We'll get into it more. But there are some, well, first of all, there's some crazy reports in the last 18 hours, right? Ian Rappaport was pretty much like, Antonio Brown's going to the Bills. Going to Buffalo. Well, by like 4 o'clock this morning, Adam Schefter, and really late last night, I think it was a Bills reporter, uh, Vic Carucci, if I'm not mistaken, I think was his name. He was like, I don't think it's happening. Pump the brakes a little bit. And then, and then Schefter said, this thing fizzled out maybe Wednesday. Uh, and so Rappaport ended up saying, no, no go. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Rappaport was a little aggressive 
mm-hmm. compared to how this thing all worked out. Yeah. And uh, the bottom line is Antonio Brown, it now seems like teams are withdrawing their name. They may ask and say, okay, we're inquiring, but they're withdrawing their name. And and I tweeted last night, I said, hey, be careful what you wish for. I'm not, this isn't a knock against Buffalo <laughs> well, and their organization. Well, it's yeah. not a knock. Okay. But do you think players want to go, do you think Antonio Brown, and I'm talking about the player now, Antonio Brown wants to go play in Buffalo where it might be 20 degrees for half the season? Listen, I took a visit to Buffalo and I played there a couple times. From a city aspect of things to do and whatnot, it's probably not the most, you know, uh, player-friendly environment in Buffalo. I mean, there's not a lot of things to do, but same thing with Green Bay. And players want to go to Green Bay. Green Bay, I'll tell you right now, is probably the most boring NFL city in, in, in you know, in, in out of the 32 teams, just because it's Green Bay. And let's not but, let's not be naive. A lot of people don't like coming to Jacksonville in terms of it's not South Beach. No, it's not L.A. No. I mean, if you like the New York and the big cities, yeah. you're not saying, hey, Jacksonville, yes, I can't wait to get to. Now, mm-hmm. it's a perfect fit for a lot of players, and we love it. It's a great place. But I'm just saying some guys will view Jacksonville as not a great destination either. That's fair. I mean, it is. It is. But it's, it's, that's reality. Some people don't. But actually, I do have respect for Buffalo, and I think they get a bad rap, and I'm just going to be honest here. So my first year playing for the Jaguars, we played in, in Buffalo. I want to say it was either my first or second away game of my entire career. And, Brent, when we're talking NFL fan bases, it doesn't get much more crazier than the Buffalo Bills fans. I'll never forget, we're pulling up on the bus, you know, so the offense is in front of us, the offense is on a bus, the defense is on a bus. We're, we're pulling up to the to the stadium. And, by the way, Brent, you can attest to this, their, their stadium is pretty much in the middle of nowhere. I think it's called uh, Orchard Park. Orchard Park, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, um, a lot like Green Bay, actually. But as we're pulling up to the stadium, we see a line – of a, and I'm not exaggerating, about 200 Bills fans just, you know, just in a line. I'm like, what, what are they, are they going to throw something at us or what? So as our bus is passing these Bills fans, each one of the fans puts up the middle finger and just gives <laughs> us the bird as we're pulling up to the stadium. And believe me when I say it, there was grandmas, grandpas, children. I mean, it was a family affair of everybody's giving us the middle finger as we're pulling up to the stadium. So that was my introduction to Buffalo. So listen, I understand Buffalo Bill fans get a bad rap sometimes because of the whole table thing and everything like that. Some try to fight me after the playoff game in Jacksonville. Uh, it is what it is. But um, I think from a fan base, it's a fan base you, you would enjoy playing for. But from as far as the city's concerned, yeah, there's not a lot going on there. Well, and, and again, I mean, weather comes into play. It can be miserable. I mean, th- that's fact. I mean, it is. So, again, I, what I said is be, if you ask to be traded, be careful. You, you can get no. traded wherever. You're not going to go to your luxurious destination all the time if you're a player and you ask to be traded, especially but, if you handle it the way Antonio Brown has. But from, from his perspective, too, in all fairness, it's not like Pittsburgh's a, a prime destination for beautiful weather as well. Well, that's true. So, let's but it just there. doesn't feel like it's Buffalo. I know. Uh, and by the way, the one other thing I want to touch on and we're going to talk more about, are the quarterback sweepstakes back open? Adam Schefter also reporting that Teddy Bridgewater could be in play in Jacksonville. Is this posturing? Is it reality? Could they run into a problem with Nick Foles? Share our latest thoughts on that because it's getting real in Jacksonville when it comes to the Jags and all of free agency as the league year is upon us in just a few days. So is the Players' Championship back from TPC Sawgrass on ESPN 690 right after this. Hey, welcome back here on Action Sports Jacks, ESPN 690, live from the Players' Championship. And we'll be live from the Players' Championship all week next week as well, maybe with the exception of Monday. Uh, I was debating that. I love it so much out here. I feel like I might just pitch a tent and uh, maybe stay on Monday too, but we'll see about that. Uh, breaking news, I think. Uh, you always got to check the news. Is this one real? <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there a blue check mark by it, Brent? Uh, there is, actually, but it's coming from, like, DraftKings Live, so maybe they just shared someone else's. You always want to check, like, Schefter and Rappaport 
But are the Eagles, this one looks like the Eagles might be trading uh, Michael Bennett uh, to the New England Patriots. Michael Bennett to the New England Patriots. At least that's what it said on Twitter, but I don't know if it's for yeah. real. Let me find out if it's for real. So. Of course, people remember that his brother, oh, yeah, that, 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 Martellus, was there. Yeah, Eagles trade Michael Bennett to the Patriots going down as uh, draft pick still being ironed out. So there it is. Interesting. That's interesting because, you know, Michael Bennett's kind of a dirty player. He's Ooh. A, he is. Okay. Uh, he, no, he's no. got too many instances. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying I wouldn't take. He's a very good player, mm-hmm. and I don't know where he is now. He's kind of getting toward the the back end of his career. Mm-hmm. And he's been a dominant player at times. He's been a disruptive player. He's a very good player. Yeah. We saw him here in Jacksonville, though. He started a pretty a fight two years ago when okay. I think he uh, did something to Brandon Linder. You uh, know, I, I do remember that. Yeah, but it's not it? his only inc- incident. Like, yeah. He's done it a couple times in Philly. I mean, he's got a reputation for it. He's earned that reputation. Wasn't it like a, like a, like a scuffle after the play and Linder was down and didn't yes. punch him or something like that? I think like held that? him or down or punched him down. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. And then that led to something close to the stands, remember, yeah. with fans in the Seattle Seahawks. So he started all that stuff. True. But, but anyway, I mean, I think he's a good player. Added to the Patriots. Uh, I feel like he's on the downside of his career, but maybe can be good uh, in a defense that really came on for the New England Patriots and, and was pretty good. Well, and I feel like that's the guy the Patriots will bring in just to kind of for like a pass rush you know, specialist. Um I, I I really don't see see him being a three down lineman anymore. But hey, you never know. I mean, maybe Belichick will get the best out of him. But uh, it's funny. You always see Belichick always takes like, and I don't want to say he he's got problems, but it's like you said, Brent. I mean, the, he had a couple altercations, and same thing with Martellus Bennett too. He, when I was with him in, in Chicago, we actually saw him at the Super Bowl. But um, there was a whole incident where remember when he, he slammed Kyle Fuller down? Uh, Kyle Fuller was the rookie. Yeah. Uh, actually slammed like literally choke slammed him down and got suspended from uh from training camp for a week, which was probably more of a blessing for him than as opposed to a punishment, but he got suspended and whatnot, then got let go. So, yeah, but the Patriots have never shied away from uh, taking on the you know the so-called projects. No, not at all. But let's talk more about Jacksonville, because did you see the latest report, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, at least uh, Schefter's mentioning that there might be floating out here. Here's the deal. we got to get through some of this madness, right? This is like the draft. What happens in free agency, there are smoke screens. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is Nick Foles is still trending toward Jacksonville. That is the favorite. That is that is where he Vegas would put the odds on him coming to Jacksonville. I think there's the feeling in Jacksonville. There's a feeling around the NFL. I think the people I talk to, there's still that feeling that's going to happen. But Bridgewater rumored a little bit today from some reports that makes you kind of think maybe the Jags have put that out there a little to say, hey, when we negotiate on Monday, just so you know, we have other options. It kind of feels like that. And by the way, I've said it all along, I do think Teddy Bridgewater is a fallback option for the Jacksonville Jaguars, depending on how much they love a guy like Dwayne Haskins, or if they just needed maybe the second best option on the market and a cheaper option at that. But what do you think, smokescreen, or is Teddy Bridgewater really in play? Well, and here's a real question I wanted to ask you, your opinion, Brent. So, as far as Blake Bortles, I mean, obviously you're not going to cut Blake Bortles right now because it's bad business practice to cut, you know, literally your starting quarterback right now. Um, for someone that we don't have on the team yet. You mean Cody Kessler? Well, okay, him too. But but I'm saying my point is with the, the whole Blake Bortles thing, do you find it kind of funny that they still kept him for the fact that maybe Foles isn't a done deal and that's why Bortles is still on the team because they don't want to cut Bortles just yet? Or do you think they're just waiting until they officially sign Foles or they sign Bridgewater um, to actually let go of Blake Bortles? It would be silly to cut Blake Bortles right now without anything done. That would be. Yeah. It, they just have to cover their butt on that. I mean, they have to hang on to him just in case everything. And by the way, that's more leverage. Hey, we haven't cut Blake Bortles. The second you cut Blake Bortles, even when the Nick Foles conversations, well, then 
that gives leverage back to Foles and mm-hmm. saying, hey, we don't have a quarterback right now, so yeah. you, you need us. So, so there's all like, listen. There's a lot of posturing. That's that's negotiations. That's that's what happens. Um, but the bottom line is, we also have to say, what if, right? I mean, these are reports, and and I think they're feasible reports. I don't think this is like so out of the 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 realm. Uh, and again, I, I kind of little did a little flex on Twitter earlier and said, hey, who brought up Teddy Bridgewater all this time? Uh, and and I must, I'm, I'm just kind of kidding around. Uh, I, we just like to be right sometimes, you know. Yeah, you got you got to take guesses, and then you like to be right sometimes. But uh, story of my life, just for fun and bragging power. But I think the Bridgewater stuff has always been in play for me. It's just a matter of how the Jags feel one about the QB class, and two how much of a market and how much they would have to pay for Foles. Those are the two things. I don't. I never think he was the first option. I just think, how much do they care about a Dwayne Haskins? How much have they fallen in love with him? How much did they like a Carla Murray or a Drew Locke? Or how much did they... Cause, because I think Bridgewater allows you a little wiggle room to maybe wait till the second round and take a Drew Locke type or a Daniel Jones look type uh, or even drop back to the middle of the first round and, and take one of those guys if a trade were to be available. Uh, and then the other side of it is just, I, I've told you this all along. The reason I liked Bridgewater's potential to be in Jacksonville is I thought there would be a bit more of a market, and I thought the ceiling for the Jags was around $20 million on Foles. And so if it went over $20 million, 21 22 well, I don't think they were going there. I think they would have called off the dogs. And now we kind of realize there's not much of a market at all for mm-hmm. Nick Foles. So now those numbers are more like $18 million, probably maybe even a $17 million can you get it down to. And you know how I feel about it. If Foles happens... I think his number in the year one will actually equate more like $14, $15 million. Now, he might make more over the term of the contract, but in year one, because of their situation, and I w- they want to pay about $21 million for the quarterback spot in 2019, I wouldn't be surprised if it was even less than $17 million in 2019. So there's a lot to digest. There's a lot happening, and there's a, the wheel is still spinning, I think, on the false front. It all adds up to this, Austin. I told you Monday. I told you Tuesday, I told you Wednesday, and I told you Thursday. The Nick Foles thing is not done. On the fence. It's not done. No, you're absolutely right. The interesting thing with this QB free agency is the fact that you would assume Foles is going to be the first quarterback to go in free agency, right? I mean, once he, once, once a team signs him wherever he goes, then you'll start seeing Bridgewater, then you'll start seeing Tyrod Taylor. But one could assume that, uh, you know, one could assume that Foles is going to be the first quarterback that's signed, correct? Or not? Or do you think a team might just say, screw it, and just get Teddy Bridgewater right away? Because I'm trying to make a point here. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they would just say, screw it, and take Teddy right away. Yeah, so so history would show that Foles will be the first quarterback that's signed in free agency, right? He's the domino, yeah. Exactly, good good way to put it. You know, Flacco kind of was the domino to start it, but yes. Yep, so one would argue, like, listen – I don't see the Jags paying more than $20 million for him. I wouldn't pay more than $20 million for him. I don't think any team would pay more than $20 million for him. But it depends what Foles Camp is saying. Because if he's stuck in his, you know, in his ways and saying, listen, uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Super Bowl MVP. I've led the Eagles to the playoffs twice now. I deserve to be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden we're talking his agent wants more than $20 million. Well, this whole free agent quarterback thing could carry on for, for, for days and maybe even a week or even weeks because – it's all going to be on Foles, and, and like you said, he is the domino, and it, it all depends where 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 he sees his self worth at, and it depends what teams are going to pay him. But I'm telling you right now, 
I don't see a team, especially the Jaguars, paying more than $20 million for Foles. I'm sorry to tell them that. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, let's uh, get back and circle back up. Foles talk will be a constant. And, again, I, I will tell you this. As much as I did kind of flex on Twitter and say I, uh, I think it's just kind of bringing it back into play, at least some of the reports are, I, I believe they still land with Foles. I really do. I, I, I mean, I, I think I – think Teddy Bridgewater is on their board. I think Teddy Bridgewater is an option in their room. But I do think they still land with Foles. The market's just no there's no where else is he going? Like let's just how about this? If Foles doesn't sign with Jacksonville, where does he go? <laughs> and, and we've talked about that and then we talked about well there's always a surprise team that could, you know, come in and swoop yeah. Name one surprise team that would make any sense for a starting quarterback. I, I could see, you know, like someone, some team grabbing Teddy as a backup position. But yeah, yeah. we're talking about a starting quarterback that's probably going to generate around the amount of $20 million, if not a little less. I don't see any team just coming in out of nowhere and swooping that up. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't. That's what's hard to compute, right? I mean, Miami doesn't seem like they want to go that direction now that they got him on the cheap. If they they say now that there's no market at all, yeah. and now we can pay him $12 million for Nick Foles, well, now that's a heck of a bargain. So maybe you consider it. The Giants might say the same. Hey, how, well, listen, Eli at this or, or Foles at this, and maybe we could have Foles for the next six, seven years, and we don't have to be stuck taking a young quarterback potentially. I mean, there are things that will arise. Like I, I do believe there's still something we haven't thought about from another <laughs> team's perspective. Uh, but I, I don't mean, know. Like, how about this? Is Arizona out of the realm? What if they don't want Kyler Murray? But what if they don't truly believe in Josh Rosen? Could they sign Nick Foles? From a GM perspective, you drafted Josh Rosen in the top ten for a reason. So if you were to bring Foles in and not a guy that the coach has been record saying that he wants, and you just draft some other, I mean, you bring some other random guy that's named Nick Foles in, number one, that shows as a GM that you failed in that, in that draft, and number two, um, it shows that you're kind of inept because you're not even really going to give the guy a chance. Listen, Josh Rosen had a, a pretty rough first season, but let's be honest, that offense was not clicking at all. David Johnson wasn't getting the ball in the pass game like he should have. Uh, the receivers set, set aside from Larry Fitzgerald uh, wasn't really dependable. Tight ends weren't that dependable. So it was a rough season for the Cardinals, okay? So I can't see Nick Foles going there. I can't see Nick Foles even going to the Giants just for the fact that, listen, if you bring Nick Foles in, you're not going to bring him to sit behind Eli, and Foles isn't going to want to sit behind Eli that first year. Okay, so I don't see him going to the Giants. I don't see him going to the Dolphins just for the fact that new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator. From Foles' perspective, he doesn't want to go there either. So, hey, it's like we said, maybe there's going to be some dark horse team out of nowhere. Um, and we're going to sit here saying, like, we're idiots, we're not thinking of it. But for right now, it's the Jaguars market. Yeah, it certainly is. Hey, by the way, uh, Giants traded Olivier Vernon today to the Browns for Kevin Zittler. Steelers traded Marcus Gilbert to Arizona for a six-round pick. Eagles traded Michael Bennett to the Patriots for draft pick compensation as well. So we got some moving and shaking going on in the NFL. What about the Jags? What about the releases today? A little bit more. I think we need to spend time on Malik Jackson. He was a good Jaguar. He contributed big time. What about these other guys, including Tayshawn Gibson, next on ESPN 690, live from the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Hey, we're live at the Players' Championship, Pana Vidra Beach. This place getting ready to explode in the next week, of course, with the players just around the corner in March for the first time in a dozen years. And uh, they are ready. We have May-like weather, beautiful grounds here at TPC Sawgrass. The welcome area that they put in this year is fantastic. Uh, drove around the course today. I mean, it just looks so good. good. I mean, it looks so good. It's Listen, there's two things. There's two things that you equate to heaven. And okay. One of them is Iowa. It is Iowa, oh, yes. And the Field Touché. of Dreams. Yep. And the other one, 
is a golf course that just looks unbelievable. And I think of TPC Sawgrass. I think of Augusta. And it's heaven. I haven't seen the course yet, but pulling up in the you know the parking lot, the all, all the grass there in the parking lot was looking very crisp, very nice. So um, I can only imagine what the course actually looks like. I was going to ask you, uh, as, as far from you know from me wearing my attire, do I pass today or not for for, for my TPC attire? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you got those College. terrible looking shoes on. Okay, Brent. Well, uh, let's. Uh, Careful how you use the word terrible, but what, what do you have? What's the what's the the trust? This is the trust. You this got a golf a, shirt on, so that's all that's necessary. Yeah, this really. is a this is an NFLPA shirt. And it's, ah. it's with the trust. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I signed up in an email and they sent me this free polo shirt. <laughs> so it's my first time wearing it. It feels great. Thanks a lot, NFL Trust. There you go. Have you ever said like um, the cage feels like heaven? You know what? It sure hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> winning winning in the cage feels like heaven. Uh, but no, I uh, I really can't say the cage feels like heaven. How about in general, like uh, anything football? Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, see, I'm a baseball guy. Mm-hmm. I played baseball growing up. So in the springtime up north, man, when that first day of spring, mm-hmm. you could smell baseball. Yeah. If you go down to a spring training game, for me, I smell baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just there's a there's there's a distinct something to it. Golf is the same way for me. Like I mean, this the Players Championship does that. Uh, the Masters does that. Uh, but I'm sure everybody kind of has that thing in their own little like this like fall. for me. Okay, go ahead. I mean, yeah, is, is football oh, is it a Friday oh, night football? It's fall, yeah. So for me, it's just especially in Wisconsin. You know, I, I can't really attest to Jacksonville that much, but in Wisconsin, you know, when it starts to become fall, uh, you're done with two days and whatnot. You're going into the regular season, and the leaves start changing colors a little bit. Um, you know, it's the smell of fresh cut grass and just, I don't know, it just, it feels different. It feels like football season. And, and that's not to say it doesn't happen in Jacksonville as well, but, you know, obviously in Jacksonville, you don't see the leaves changing colors. It doesn't get that chilly. I mean, and listen, I understand that they make candles that smell like fresh cut grass or whatever, but they still, and, and I've, you know, and I've dabbled in them a little bit, but they still haven't found that right combination of just, I don't know if it's sun and fresh cut grass or whatever, but just that smell and that feel, man. Um, it's hard to put it into words, but any high school football player, especially in the Midwest, knows exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. So everybody's got a little piece of their own heaven. It's just a matter of what it is, exactly. Uh, but uh, heaven-like out here on a, on a Friday at TPC Sawgrass uh, before the tournament gets going. There's, but there's a little media day. It's like a food testing deal going on right now. Oh. Uh, the preview, they call it. So there's some and food I'm gonna down there. Away. We should do that uh, as well. And so it's a busy day here at TPC Sawgrass. And you got to mention, we're right across from the NFL, sh- uh, the NFL, uh, the PGA Tour fan shop, mm-hmm. uh, the players fan shop, and that is actually opening tomorrow and Sunday for people. So you can get in a jump start on your players' gear, and there's new gear in there because of the time frame and the time change to March. Uh, so you can do that Saturday and Sunday, not just you know us or people in the media. I'm talking to everybody. You can come over here uh, off Palm Valley Road. You park in that parking lot, and you walk back in uh, to the uh, fan shop, and you can purchase your goodies and then wear them out there uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, oh, Sunday, all the days you come. I was going to ask because I haven't been here in a couple years. Is that fan shop new, or has it always been here? Well, it's not always if you go way back, but I think it's okay. been here for quite some time now, okay. and they have a lot of new stuff in the fan shop. So, And they okay. also have one down back toward the clubhouse now, and I think that's new uh, this year. So th- what is new is the fact that they're opening it up on uh, Saturday and Sunday. They don't normally do that Saturday and Sunday before the tournament. Gotcha. So they're getting a bit of a jump stop, jump stop on that. 
trying to block you from the wind here. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to block myself, too, a little bit. Which way? Is the wind going left to right? or It's going right to left. Okay. So you. that's why we're stuck behind this thing. Like, I really feel yeah. like this could block us. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to help out. Yes. All right. Hey, I'm going to go up and down the list of guys released today for the Jags. Mm-hmm. And you tell me what you remember about them. Okay. All right. And you have to keep in mind, a lot of these guys weren't my teammates, but from just from, from no, the no, fan yeah, perspective. Yeah, I'm just saying from the Jags. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, let's, yeah none of them were your teammates, I don't think. Uh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, was Carson Tinker your teammate? No, he wasn't. So, you know what's great? But you know he's he like the longest tenured tag. No, well, term, yeah. The longest tenured Jag. Well, now it's him and uh, well, it's Avery, Avery Jones. Jones. Now, well, but I was here with Avery Jones, though, a little bit. So, well, Avery might be more than, that must have been more than Tinker. Yeah, I feel it, because I don't think Tinker was here when... And even if he was there, I didn't notice. He's, you know, a, he's, long he's a long snapper, man. We don't, we don't spend a lot of time together. No offense to him. I, I heard he's a solid dude, but he's a great it's, dude. it's just the way the business works. So, okay. So, you don't – okay. I'm not going to uh, – let's not belabor the point. No, and, okay. Let's get into it. We don't, we don't need – I don't know what you're going to remember Carson Tinker for. He's a long snapper, okay? so Well, no, move. no. Honestly, Brent, though, from what I remember him, uh, it's a story with the hurricane, right? In a Alabama. tornado. A tornado. I'm sorry. A tornado. Yeah. yeah. Um, and well, that's he's got an unbelievable story of survival with the tornado. Yeah, he lost yeah. his girlfriend in the tornado. Yeah. Uh, got thrown from his house uh, that he was in in Alabama from a closet some hundred yards away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a book out about it. And, well, he's, and in the, he's in like the NFL Super Bowl commercial. He was as in well, that Super Bowl so commercial too. Yeah. He's, he's a really good dude. It's a great we, story. We had him on yeah. uh, at the, on the Friday of Super Bowl week. He was there yeah. uh, talking about that commercial. So mm-hmm. again, I think the community. I think I'm seeing it on Twitter. I think a lot of people are like, hey man, we love Carson Taker. He's a good dude, and he really is a uh, nice family. So we wish him the best. Hopefully, he has uh, more going forward. They signed Matt Overton yesterday to the deal, so the writing was on, the, writing wall. on the wall. And, yeah. and the thing is, I'm not sure. I don't know. What makes a good long snapper, uh, but you know Joe Zelanka was here forever. He was here for like a decade, and then went to At- Atlanta. And I yeah. remember when when Joe Zelanka left, everybody's like, "Oh man, Joe's awesome!" And he really he's a great dude, yeah. awesome guy in Jacksonville. And uh, it, you're kind of like bummed about it because you just know he's a great. Those specialty guys, you, the specialists. You get to know those guys more than I see. It seems like you get to know like the right guard, sure. you know, and the defensive tackle because they're just hanging out a lot of times. You know, they're, they seem more the average guy. You can relate mm-hmm. to the build of a kicker and punter and, and Carson Tinker, and you can't really relate to like your build of six six and you know <laughs> trying to beat up grown men. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you just you just don't do that as an average person, average fan. So I think that's why these guys become fan favorites uh, to a degree. But good luck to Carson Tinker. He's, a doubt. He's, uh, stay healthy is the biggest thing, and then give him a chance to uh, get on with another team. Plus, I think he's also a wrestling fan as well, so uh, props to him for that. Well, that doesn't hurt yep. uh, in your book. In my book, All right. for sure. Next up, Carlos Hyde. Uh, honestly, a waste, of a, a waste of a fifth pick. Um, he was a guy who I thought played phenomenal in San Francisco. I thought he did okay in Cleveland. I was excited when the Jaguars got him, but just a guy that didn't fit in in Jacksonville. Uh, and unfortunately, like I said, was a waste of a pick. Yeah, he he was, and I kind of remember I, I said on uh, social media or somebody else brought it up. He's actually the only no show in the history of uh, our Jaguars All Access. <laughs> oh, he ended up just not even showing up <laughs> to it. Didn't show up. But uh, what was the excuse? Did you demanded an answer from him. What was the excuse? We didn't really, you know, we we, we just knew we didn't really know him too well. Yeah. I'd heard he slept through it like it was a nap type thing, <laughs> but who really knows? Now back to Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau on ESPN 690 and ESPN 690.com. I don't know where we dropped out, but uh, the wind must have blown a little bit uh, more gusty. Wind? I'm pretty sure Carlos Hyde had some spies on the inside, man, trying to cut you off from talking about him. That's what it was. So what we're trying to do, and we'll have a guest uh, coming on in a bit, uh, Ricky Carmichael, uh, big day down in Daytona, coming up again with the Supercross stuff. Uh, have him on for a couple minutes, but 
uh, as we continue to talk about the Jags and as we go through the show, I wanted to ask about some of these guys and how they'll be remembered in Jacksonville. And Carlos Hyde, I think you brought it up, the fifth-round pick the Jags gave up was a waste. It is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a waste. But I do believe, and I've said this many a times, but if you haven't heard it before, I think the Jags got Carlos Hyde because they tried. They were trying to trade Leonard Fournette. I really do. I, I think they were trying at the time, middle of the year, to see if there would be any takers for Leonard Fournette. And I think they said, you know what, we'll have a backup plan in Carlos Hyde if we do trade Leonard Fournette. I think we'll have a backup plan in Carlos Hyde if he continues to be hurt because he can pound the rock a bit and he's got a resume on him. And he also has decent money going forward and control over the next two years. The Jags would have control of his contract if they wish. Well, then it all turns south. And while everything else was going south, while T.J. Yeldon wasn't the greatest locker room guy and room guy, while Leonard Fournette already wasn't the greatest locker room guy and team guy in that running back room, there are some stories that say Carlos Hyde might have been the worst one of them all. From a selfish, I'm not playing, I'm frustrated, I'm pouting, all those kind of things. And it it always struck me because Doug Marone mentioned that there was one play, at the end of his year presser, they were talking or people, somebody asked about, hey, you know, did anybody ever say they didn't want to play? You know, because it was the whole thing with uh, Yeldon and Fournette, remember, sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. And, like, did they ask not to play? Did they not want to be a part of it? Mm -hmm. And Doug Marone said there's only one time that happened this year. Well, I think the time that happened this year was when the Tennessee game and Carlos Hyde didn't go in uh, late in the Tennessee game. He was already, like, packing it up and ready to go. I think he was the guy he was referring to. And so uh, there were just those kind of circumstances. That running back room was so bad for the Jags. But I think Carlos Hyde will will not really be remembered for any of his production because he didn't have any here. I do think it will be on the Jags' end. The Jags look bad in the move, but I think their intentions were very good, actually, with the Carlos Hyde. I remember saying, you can't be hypocritical. I remember saying when they made that move, this makes sense. And I think other people said, this makes sense. But it turned out I that it was it bad. And, and when it turns out that it's bad, then it's all on the team anyway, right? Because it was a bad move. Yeah, and from the aspect you talked about, you know, them maybe possibly trying to ship Fournette away, I just I find that hard to believe for the fact that he was injured, you know, and, and he's had a couple injuries. So for a team to trade for, for a player at running back, you know, pretty early in the season that that's hurt, that we don't know when he's going to come back and play uh, that season. Um, it's always kind of a risky move. I think the Jay was just saw, listen, we have T.J. Yeldon, who isn't the most ideal power running back on the team, and we don't really have a power running back. They saw, you know, film of, of Hyde running in, in San Francisco. And granted, Hyde, Hyde can run. I think Hyde can do everything, honestly. I think Hyde's a three-down back when he wants to be. So... I was definitely a fan of the Jaguars bringing him in um, to try to replace Fournette until Fournette got healthy, but as we saw, uh, that that plan obviously backfired, and we lost a fifth-round pick because of it. All right, more football talk, including the other Jags releases. Malik Jackson included, Tayshawn Gibson we'll get to uh, coming up, and Jeremy Parnell. Uh, How do you remember those three players in a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform? What's the first thought that comes to mind? Jump in on the conversation. Uh, 904-662-9901 is the number. Also on our social media channels, I think we've got the video up and working live from TPC Sawgrass in Ponte Vedra, home of the Players' Championship. But we're all over the place tonight, uh, today, and on ESPN 690, we go from Charleston, South Carolina, 
or reach all the way down to Daytona and Melbourne, Florida. And there's a big event happening this weekend in Daytona, the Daytona Supercross. And we are pleased to be joined right now by Ricky Carmichael, who is a legend of Supercross. Known as the, the GOAT. GOAT. He's the greatest of all time when it comes to Daytona Supercross. And uh, glad to have him on the phone right now. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. But you always get that introduction. And what does it feel like when when you're called the GOAT? I mean, there's really no discussion. Like, you are the greatest of all time in your sport. Like, does that give you goosebumps? Is that cool? What's, you, what's the feeling? You know, like, I'm a pretty humble guy. And honestly, it's it's too cocky for me. But the fans have, uh, the fans have taken it on, and they love it. And, you know, there's so many great guys that race Supercross. And I don't know if I'm the greatest. I'm the. I am. I have one more than anyone else, so I will claim that one. But as far as great goes, there's too many great riders out there. Well, I think you paved the way for a lot of them. 15 championships, 150 victories, uh, five-time Daytona Monster Energy Supercross champ. Hey, you, I think you like this place down in Daytona so much so that you get to design the course. How cool is that part of it that you actually design the course for the Daytona Supercross that's coming up tomorrow night? Yeah, it's really cool. It's uh, definitely an honor when you think about all the forms of motorsports that have uh, that go that compete at Daytona International Speedway. It's definitely special, and I'm a fourth generation Floridian, uh, so uh, to be able to uh, win as much as I did at Daytona Supercross or win the Daytona Supercross five times, like you said, and now be able to uh, design the course for these guys. I think it's my twelfth year doing it. Uh, it is definitely special, and and quite frankly, it's an honor. And this is the the top Supercross race of the year. Glad that, uh, that that's cool that you get to design it. But what goes into that? I mean, are, do you consider yourself a creative architect now? I mean, is this, is this just a, one or two things that you kind of put your own twist on? Uh, how is that compared to maybe a, a normal track, a track that you may have raced on, you know, in the past when you won all those Daytona uh, events? Uh, what, what's yeah. the twist for Ricky Carmichael? Yeah, so it's a it's a process. First and foremost, you got to think of safety. And there are parameters that you have to uh, you have to deal with from a standpoint of drainage or certain areas you can go you, you can't go. Also, you have to be conscious of uh, getting too close to pit lane and, and the tri oval for safety reasons. Uh, so it's a, it's it's a challenge without a doubt. So uh, you got to do the best with what you got. And uh, I'm gonna tell you, man, the, the dirt here at Daytona Supercross is um, it naturally chews up. It's very sandy soil, as you would think. So uh, there's not a whole lot of things that you have to do to make it too difficult because it naturally becomes difficult. And uh, I just try to make it safe and, and fun and something that I think the riders will really like from my past experience to what I hear throughout the uh, throughout the races and the riders and, uh, you know, locker talk, if you will. And then if normally if they like it and it races good and it's safe, it's great for the fans and TV. Hey there, man. This is Austin Lane talking to you. Uh, it's, it's, it's obviously an honor to talk to you because I actually grew up, you know, doing some dirt biking myself. Um, I actually had a Honda trail bike, so every time I got on the bike, I thought I was you for a second. Obviously, I wasn't that talented. But I, I wanted to ask you, you know, following your career, because I, I grew up following your career, and I'm not going to make you feel that old, but I was about 10, 11 years old when I first started following your career. Can you talk about mm-hmm. the transition from going from the 125s to the 250s? Because obviously at the 125s, you dominated right away. You started riding 250s, and you had a little trouble in the beginning. Was it kind of a testament to being too small, do you think? And did you put on some muscle? Or what was, uh, you know, what was that transition like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I, you're exactly right. A lot of success in the 125s, which is now the 250s, and then 
moving up to the from what is to the 250 class which is now would be considered as 450s and uh, it was just man I was just in over my head really uh I just didn't have enough experience at that level and the guys you know it's like going from college ball to NFL you know there's a, a few guys in in college ball that are good but then when you move up to the NFL everyone is good and that's that's really the easiest way to explain it and I mean the co- competition is just so hard the races are longer the track is rougher because you're you, you know you're the last event of the night and that really i was just as simple as simple as it sounds man i was just in over my head and it took me a few years to to blossom and learn from my mistakes and and really get that experience very cool and listen so you know you you go from riding on the courses to designing them do you think mm-hmm. that the, the riders these days have it more easy than you did back in the day because one could say the courses these days are more you know rider friendly than they used to be but i mean that's kind of a testament to you because you're obviously designing them so do you kind of make it easier on the riders or do you try to make it harder well i don't i don't try to put them through too you know i don't i I (laughs) want to see them have fun so when i put the track together i really i don't say man i want to make it hard i want to make it fun for them because i know they'll like it and really it produces great racing and i don't i don't think they have it any hard you know easier than i did you know uh a little bit different because the bikes are so much faster now so to give you a quick example, like back in the day, if you come come around a corner and you mess a corner up, you weren't able to just jump the you know jump jumps right out of the corner, you know the big gaps uh, like you can now. You don't have to get the corners quite as perfect to do a big rhythm section like maybe you would have back in my day on two-stroke motorcycles. So uh, that has gone away. It's a little easier in that respect, but still, these guys are going way faster because the bikes are faster. Ricky, I want to ask you too. Speaking of the, you know the two-stroke versus the four-stroke. So we're starting to see a resurgence a little bit of the two-strokes right now. Eli Tomac starting to ride them a little bit. We saw James Stewart ride them back in the day. What are your thoughts about this resurgence of the two-strokes? Is there, uh, you know, is is there a need for it? Do you do you see it kind of going for the two-stroke way now, or are people going to stick mm. with the four-strokes? Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, you know, I I I I think like it's a hobby. The two-strokes. I don't. There's no way that they're ever going to be competitive and be at the you know, the pinnacle of sport, guys racing them at the pinnacle of sport. There's just been too much money and effort uh, put into these four-stroke uh, motorcycles that we're too far down the road. And emissions and, you know, so the stuff like that, it just, it, it's just we're going to be on four-strokes. However, they are the two-strokes are so much fun to ride. That's what we all grew up on for the most part. And uh, they're a lot of fun to ride, but from a, a professional standpoint and, and guys competing on them, I don't, I don't see it happening. Supercross legend Ricky Carmichael with us here on ESPN 690 Daytona. Supercross tomorrow night down at Daytona, of course, uh, at the International Speedway. Uh, let's ask you this to, to leave you. This sport is really popular and really growing. The attraction mm-hmm. to the young fan, the 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 marvel of watching this uh, great spectator event. Can you give us a sense of how much it has since you kind of started and maybe retired, and now now where it is, and and maybe where it's going for the you know the average listener out there might not even know that much about it, but Supercross is growing, I think, at a pretty rapid rate, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. It is growing. Fan participation is definitely growing, and uh, I think it's real. I think it's raw. And I think that the younger crowd, and even and even a younger crowd uh, or older crowd, they really 
they can relate to it. And, you know, we are very accessible compared to some other major sports. I think that the people see that and they appreciate that and uh, the excitement of the sport also. I mean, bikes are going so fast, and I think that the uh, the fans respect it and appreciate it. That's why I think it's growing, and uh, we're still relatively a young sport, so we got a long way to go, obviously, compared to where stick and ball is, but uh, everyone's on the right track and doing their part, and uh, like I said, it's just it's fun, it's raw, it's real, we're accessible, and people enjoy that. One final question for you. You guys are at, obviously, Daytona, uh, one of the biggest homes of stock car racing. You actually dabbled in a little stock car racing yourself. What was that transition like? What's more adrenaline rush? Uh, is it the, the, the dirt biking or is it the stock car racing? Uh, and what was the overall experience like stock car racing? Well, I mean, stock car for sure was way more of an adrenaline rush, especially qualifying because you're going out there cold turkey and get laying it all on the line got to remember i started riding motorcycles when i was five years old so uh there was there wasn't too much adrenaline maybe a little bit before the gate dropped hoping that i would get that whole shot but uh as far as a race situation cars nascar for sure um but uh, you know what i I still motocross is my heart that's what i love that's what provided me every opportunity that i have and uh, it, it, it holds close to my heart for sure Ricky Carmichael, have a great weekend, man. Congratulations on all the success, and uh, go on down to Daytona International Speedway. Check it out, Daytona Supercross tomorrow, and I appreciate you, ha- you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll see everybody tomorrow. All right, you, uh, Ricky Carmichael, of course, Supercross legend, the GOAT. Greatest of all time in that sport, and a big day down in Daytona uh, tomorrow night. So go check it out. Tickets still available, and uh, kids five and under free in general admission seating. By the way, uh, front stretch seating sixty to sixty-five bucks. General admission tickets forty-five, and kids tickets ages six to twelve are just fifteen dollars. Daytona International Speedway tomorrow night for Daytona Supercross. We are live at the Players Championship TPC Sawgrass. We will talk some golf, including a passing of a legend when it comes to golf today, and also. An outlook on the players, but next, more football with the Jags releases on ESPN 690. Man, a lot to digest uh, here today on a Friday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live from the Players' Championship, TPC Sawgrass, and we are out in the welcome area, uh, new welcome area, which, which basically I think this has been described by Jared Rice before, and I think it's perfect. If you come up to the clubhouse, if you haven't been to TPC Sawgrass in a while, they took down a lot of the trees. They took away some water on the right-hand side. They really opened it up. And so it was like this majestic drive up. You know, everybody talks about Magnolia Lane and Augusta. What's well, a short drive? Like I've been there before. It's a very short drive. Uh, you kind of think like, oh, that's going to take a while. Well, it doesn't. This one does. This one, you see the clubhouse all the way from the, the start of the driveway, if you will. And you can see everything, the flowers and the grass and the holes and some, you know, the flags that line the uh, the driving range. It's a beautiful entrance. I love what they've done with that in the last couple of years. But what they tried to do is say, hey, that's a great welcome to our front door. How about have a great welcome to our back door, which is really the front door for the fans. So the front door of the clubhouse is where the players and a lot of staff and and maybe media and other folks come in. But what about the fans? And so they said, hey. Let's make a great entrance, a fantastic entrance. And what comes to mind is Disney, right? You know when you're at Disney. You know when you're at the Magic Kingdom. And that's what they've tried to make this experience a little bit uh, like uh, from from their front door and their back door. Uh, but what I like to say is the front door is on both ends for different people. Uh, and the fans' front door is back here off Palm Valley Road. 
and uh, near the 17th hole, and that's why they've made this this whole experience. They've done such a good job with it, and included is the uh, 17th hole replica, which is always fun. We still have to take a shot at that. Oh, I'm trying to. Uh, sure. And that's right behind us. If you've seen us on the video feeds, Facebook, uh, follow us on ESPN 690, on Twitter, at Brent A.S. Jacks, and on YouTube, our, our YouTube channel is Action Sports Jacks, and as we found out yesterday, Twitch followers are up, so you can find <laughs> us on Twitch, uh, too. You're pounding home some food. This is like well, a preview. We got some test, taste testing uh, going on. Well, and, and I use one of the oldest tricks in the book. So we have like a little barbecue spot right in front of us uh, that's you know heading up free samples. Well, Brent, you know being the good co-host that I am, Stuart, are you listening right now? The fact that I asked you if you want any food and you said no. Uh, so then I ended up getting the food for myself, and I said, hey, I have a co-host who's pretty hungry, too. Can I have some for him? <laughs> Obviously, I, I took your share, and now I'm eating both of them, and uh, I can't wait. Uh, very good. Thank you. That was good. That was a smart move by you, and you did offer. I did offer. Unlike Weber. Weber just gets stuff nope. for himself. Yep. He did it the other day in the sports office, man. Did it he again. Got, he brought, comes in with a donut, and there's four of us in there. Yeah. And he took it from the newsroom. Did it again. And he was like, Where, where's our donut? Which and was glad. I'm glad, because I don't, I'm, I'm trying to go light on the carbs. True. But come on, Weber. Let's go, man. After that public shaming that I gave him from Atlanta, and he's still doing it. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the football talk. And, and we will have a little golf talk. I want to celebrate uh, the life a little bit of Dan Jenkins. If you haven't heard of him, uh, if, you, if you're not big into the writing business, uh, uh, he's one of the best. Dan Jenkins, 89 years old, passed away, uh, celebrated in the golf world. He, If you get a chance, go back and look even at his Twitter and just go back in his Twitter a little bit, and you'll see it, it, some of the the greatness of Dan Jenkins, the fun of Dan Jenkins. He just he's one of those guys that didn't care. Like he doesn't care. He'll say anything about Tiger. He'll say anything about anything. Mm-hmm. And and you appreciate those guys. Um, but he's also a fantastic writer. Goes way back. And we will uh, celebrate the life of of Dan Jenkins a little bit uh, because we should. I might even grab Gary Smith for a moment because he'll be able to uh, do give a better tribute. To Jen Jenkins than uh, than I can, but uh, the golf world did lose a, a special man and uh, someone who contributed to the game a lot uh, in Dan Jenkins, and I don't think he just did golf. I mean, he's done a bunch of different sports, but golf is really uh, where he was known. Big news out of LSU. How about this Will Wade stuff? We heard it yesterday, and now the suspension um, from LSU. This is a good team. This is a top ten team yeah. who just lost their coach. I mean, this is fascinating stuff. Don't don't brush over this. That is a big deal. When Rick Pitino, when it happened to Rick Pitino, it was eye-popping because his name was Rick Pitino. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Pitino. I don't think everybody knows Will Wade. But what you do know if you pay attention to college basketball is they are the 10th-ranked team in the country. They are a good basketball team. They are a team that could make some ground in the NCAA tournament coming up. And right here on the cusp of the tournament, on the cusp of the SEC tournament, Will Wade is suspended by the school amidst this FBI probe and some of the latest findings. So where does it go will be something to watch and could be a little bit of a black cloud, not only over the LSU program, who's had problems in the past, by the way, with basketball, but over the NCAA tournament. This whole FBI probe could come to light even more over the next few weeks, which would be a bad thing, I think, uh, right now for college basketball. I always say I think it will be a good thing for the long-term future of college basketball if we can clean that sport up uh, a little bit. So we'll get into that down the road. I do want to mention, get back to the football, though. Football's the dominating story, well, most any day, but it really is today. The Jags get rid of five players. I I hate to say get rid of, release five players. Carson Tinker. Uh, Carlos Hyde, Tayshawn Gibson, Jeremy Parnell, and Malik Jackson. I already asked you a little bit about Tinker and Hyde. When I say Malik Jackson, 
what comes to mind for you in a Jaguars uniform? First of all, thank you for saying release and not terminate, because sometimes people <laughs> want to use the verbiage of terminate. Um, like a lot of NFL analysts want to use, you know, he's been terminated. Uh, it makes it sound so much worse than, I mean, it, you know, obviously it's a serious thing and it sucks. But anytime you throw the word terminated in there, it just makes it worse. So thank you for saying release. So, yes. You're welcome. We're talking about the release players. Anything I can do for you. Yeah. So Malik Jackson, you know, man, to me, it's a guy that, you know, they obviously paid top dollar for him, right? I mean, he, he came at a price. But I saw him play some pretty good football, you know, uh, from that three technique. I mean, what stands out to me is, you know, obviously his sack celebration um, is what you know stands out to me. But from a perspective, it was just the fact that we had too many cooks, you know. Um, I think the guy will catch on someplace else. I think he's got a couple more years left, especially as a pass rusher, as he's been saying. So from a talent standpoint, I think he still has it. It's just the fact that, you know, it's it's it comes down to business. You know, this is a business at the end of the day, and um, the Jaguars are trying to save a little money, and by releasing him, they are going to save some money. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. But from a talent standpoint, I thought he played pretty well. Now, there, there's some instances where he had a couple rough games, but um, that happens. So from overall, I thought he was a pretty solid player. Yeah, I think, uh, I think this is a guy that should be thanked on his way out the door. Absolutely. I really do. Uh, and I like that. We haven't had a lot of free – we've kicked free agents out the door Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Jacksonville. I mean, we have said, see you later. Uh, I think in a sense we're saying that to Carlos Hyde, (laughs) you know. But I think there's these three guys, and and even Carson Tinker, we're patting them on the butt and saying thanks, you know. Uh, And and that's cool. Uh, That's the way it should be. You're not going to last with an organization forever, especially when you have a beefy contract. It's a business. But uh, Malik Jackson, uh, you know – I thought he did a great job for a guy that's six million. I'm sorry, six years, ninety million dollars, coming off a Super Bowl appearance. What I wonder if guys get fat and happy, right? They come over and, and what happens with free agents? They, they don't stay hungry. And I thought Malik Jackson played a great leadership role. I thought he he might not have been viewed as a captain or this vocal leader, but I think they respected the fact that he had been there. He had gone to the Super Bowl. He had won a ring. There are not a lot of those guys walking through the Jags locker room. Yeah. So I think people respected it. And then he comes over and he, and he does well. Uh, he had a fantastic 2017, of course, going to the Pro Bowl. But in 2016, his first year, six and a half sacks. For a big man in the middle, that's a good production. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Six and a half sacks, eight sacks. In 2017, he goes to the Pro Bowl. Probably should have made the Pro Bowl in 2016, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or could have, but the record wasn't there. And then just three and a half sacks last year. And I think last year is a little mysterious. There, there's some talk that he got older quicker than people thought, which yeah. is dangerous because you never know how the rest of the career might play out. There's, He even says at times he, he was, I think there were reports that he was too light, so he had to get his snaps cut back because he wasn't doing great against the run. He was getting pushed around. Remember the Indianapolis game? Yeah. I think uh, there was some that, real that, bad tape on that. That's one that really sticks out to me. And so I think, so there's mixed reviews on it. And I will tell you this: we did uh, we did a lot with Malik Jackson. I mean, he's always great in the locker room. Everybody in the media knows that. He, you could go to Malik Jackson after a 45 to three loss or after a 45 to 10 win, and he would answer questions. And he would tell you how he felt. He was not one of these guys who was just going to give you the political uh, correct answer. But we did, on TV, we had an agreement with Malik Jackson where he would come on Thursday night show that we did right before Fox, uh, Thursday Night Football on Fox. And so we did these segments with him, and it was a lot of fun. Like, he wanted to kind of prep himself for life after football, and so we tried to help him with that. 
but we would go to, like he was having a car built, and so we went to the car shop with him, or we went to cryotherapy with him. Uh, we hung out with him and his daughter, uh, went to his house, you know, all these different things. So we got to see a different side of Malik Jackson. I thought, even if it was only a glimpse for a day, for a couple of hours. But I will tell you this, there were several times last year where we had to, like, get him a stool because he was so sore on, like, Tuesdays. Like, he was hurt. His back and his hip, I think he played through a lot of stuff last year. My point in this is, I don't know if he's just getting older quicker or if he was playing banged up. And I think he played banged up a lot in 2018. And if he gets healthy and he feels good and he gets his weight where he wants it to be, I think he has a chance to still have a very good next couple of years in front of him and a team will really benefit. Circumstance says the Jags had to cut the ties. It was too expensive. But I think you send Malik Jackson out and you send him a thank you note as well. I think a lot of fans have. He helped you get to an AFC championship game. He made the Pro Bowl on that dynamic defense in 2017. Malik Jackson definitely gets scooped up by somebody. I think he'll be lucky to have him. Because at the end of the day, if he can just be a designated pass rusher, that's a perfect opportunity for him. Because, hey, at the end of the day, sacks are what's going to make you money. If you can get a lot of sacks as a designated pass rusher, he has a career. Absolutely. I still want to talk Tayshawn Gibson, Jeremy Pornell. What have they meant to the Jacksonville Jaguars the last few years? We'll get into that. And we talk to Josh Lambeau coming up next. The place kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Newly extended contract. Oh, happy times right here at TPC Sawgrass, live on ESPN 690. Hey, we're live at TPC Sawgrass, home of the Players' Championship, and we are days away from the Players' Championship. So we got a little golf. We're talking a lot of football, of course, and a little bit of everything in the sports world. It's a big day around here. Tom Coughlin, J-Fund. Wine Gala is tonight in downtown Jacksonville. Sold-out event. We'll be there later with the TV side of things. And uh, we'll see if Coach Coughlin talks about anything football-related. Jags did make some moves today. And uh, before we get going with Jags kicker Josh Lambeau, we got a little happy hour horn for you, right? Austin Lane here at the 17th hole. Looks like we got some gray goose, uh, some orange juice, and... Uh, I don't know, some kind of seltzer looks like over there, uh, reminding you folks to grab a drink, get a shot, and always tip your star tenders. Uh, this is the happy hour horn. Happy Friday. And they will be doing it big time next week here at the Players' Championship. It's a little how, thing we have here, Josh. It's a happy hour horn. The sawgrass splash, man. you got to yeah. get after it. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I heard, man. Unfortunately, I'm training for a fight coming up, so I can't partake with you. But uh, That's all right. I can drink for both of us. Yeah, drink for both of us, man. <laughs> you got it. You got Off-season it. is here, and it's been a heck of an off-season for Josh Lambo. We appreciate him stopping by right now. Uh, new contract extension. We already had Jan right after that, so we yeah. talked about all those details. Right. Has that part sunk in, though? Um, no, not quite. Um, I mean, it's exciting times, Megan. You know, my wife and I were looking at a house in Jacksonville, so that's super exciting. Um, you know, it still has. It probably won't set in until we get back in with the guys. Yeah. And you know, we're back in. You know, strap my cleats back on, and you know, I'm still rehabbing here a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to be here. And, and to uh, call Jacksonville home for the next several years. Is that kind of how it works for you guys? Uh, you, you know, you, you never know in this business, right? right? And yeah. so y- you don't even know contract. I mean, you can sign a 10-year contract, and you don't know how long you'll play it out. Right. That's the way the business works. Yeah. But once you do sign the contract and you do well and, and you know you're going to be here for a little bit, is that when you say, okay, honey, we can stop the rental payments and maybe <laughs> invest in a house? Yeah, I mean, this. You know, I'm going into my ninth season as a professional athlete across two different sports, and I've never owned – Anything more than my shoes. <laughs> so I'm really, you know, I'm really excited to uh, to set roots here, and um, you know, the city of Jacksonville has been great to to my family. 
and the people here, you know, just really, really made us want to stay. You know, we keep on talking about maybe going back to, to California in the off season, and we just we never pull a trigger because there's no need to. Yeah, very good. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about guys you know well. Carson Tinker yeah. uh, released today yeah. uh, after a couple years of injuries. Uh, we talked to him at the Super Bowl. I think he's doing well injury-wise. I think yeah. he'll catch on with another team. It's part of the business. Absolutely. And you signed, uh, the, the team signs uh, long snapper Matt Overton, who, yeah. who very good player too. Uh, share a thought or two on those two guys who obviously as a specialist you get to know quite a bit and better right. than all of us. Yeah, um, I mean, Carson is <laughs> he's an interesting cat, man. He's a cool dude. I really enjoyed getting to know him and his wife and his family and um, you know, it is. It, at the end of the day, it's a business, um, and the Jags did you know what they thought was best. And you know, I talked to Carson earlier. He's in, he's in good spirits. He's in a good place mentally and emotionally. And you know, sometimes you just need a change of scenery. You know, it certainly did wonders for me. I mean, it made my career going to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to turn tragedy tragedy into triumph pretty quickly. And you know, Carson is the kind of guy that'll, that'll be able to make the most of whatever opportunity comes next for him. Uh, and uh, Overton, Matty O, um, he's... Um, hey, by the way, how are you kicking this wind right now? I mean, it's <laughs> swirling. we got to this wind up. Um, I'm more worried about keeping my three wood underneath the wood right now. <laughs> underneath the wind. But, yeah, Matty O, you know, he, he's come in the past couple of years, obviously, and done wonders for our team. He's, he's just one heck of a dude. He's just a good human. He's a good man. He's a good friend. Um, you know, it, it's always difficult when, you know, the, the success of one person means, you know, not necessarily the failure, but... And I guess non-success of somebody else, and yeah. you know, again, I'm I'm closest with the specialists, um, and so kind of yeah, I've mixed feelings about everything. I'm happy for Carson because he's happy right now, and he feels he feels good. He's positive about whatever his future is, and he has his priorities right. His priorities are his family. He's a good dude. He has a good head on his shoulders, and uh, you know, Maddie and I have you know we've really bonded a lot over the past couple of seasons, and we've stayed in touch when he's been here and when he's not been here. Um, and I, I got to talk to him, you know, yesterday, and we had a good chat. And I told him, "Hey, man, as soon as you get here, let me know." I'm going to ask you one stupid question. Well, actually, I probably asked you a bunch of stupid questions. So <laughs> you've, you've done you enough said, interviews you with said me. It. You you've said done it. enough interviews with me now <laughs> that you know I probably ask a lot of them. But uh, what makes a good long snapper, in your opinion? Um, it depends on who you ask. Um, you know, for for a kicker and for a punter, it's accuracy because you want to know exactly where the ball is. Um, you know, for maybe the other guys on the field, maybe even the special teams coordinator. Um, you know, they want somebody that can snap and cover. The athleticism is super important, um, which you know I think we obviously have with with uh, with Maddie and you know our our coaching staff isn't going to bring anyone in who can't do both of those things well. Um, you know, for me personally, it's definitely accuracy and and protection. You know, because you know, I don't want somebody coming off the edges, let alone down the middle. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, you know unfortunately, that <laughs> happened. I'm um, a PAT against Indy this year. That's the only one that I missed. Um, you know, unfortunately, we kind of got blown up down the middle. But, you know, you, you have professionals on both sides of the ball, the guys that are protecting for the kicker and the guys that are trying to block the kicker. And, you know, sometimes the other guys get the best of you and you just tip your cap and say, hey, man, good play, and, you know, I'm going to stick it to you next time. From a perspective of a kicker, and it's something I've never really known, is like as far as your offseason, you said you're kind of rehabbing right now a little bit. From, yeah. from an offseason perspective, I mean, do you practice a lot kicking field goals, or you kind of take some time off and just reset a little bit mentally? How does that work? Yeah, you got, just physically, you have to take the time off. I yeah. mean, it's 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 a lot like a pitcher. You know, pitchers have the pitch count. Mm-hmm. I have the same thing as a kick count. You know, Joe D. He yells at me sometimes when I try to like really perfect something. He's like, "Hey, you're fine. Work on it tomorrow. We can't. You know, it's week two. <laughs> like, <laughs> you'll be fine." Um, so it, it, it's a lot of, you know, you're kicking three, four days a week for however many months, and you do. You just you need some time off. I mean, the best golfers in the world take time off. I'm sure bowlers take time off. Mm. 
except for maybe ping pong because who wants to take time <laughs> off the ping pong? But, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I typically don't start kicking until or at least beer pong. <laughs> yeah, I typically don't start kicking until the last week of of March, first week of April. You know, I, just so that I'm not unbelievably rusty going into phase one, uh, which usually it kicks off around April 15th, middle of April, somewhere around there. Um, so mentally as well, like you, like you alluded to, it, it's important to just kind of get away from it. Because it is, it is, it's very mentally taxing because, you know, unlike a quarterback, you don't have three downs to get, get the job done. You only get one shot. Sure. So that's my mentality. I, I need to go one for one on every single kick, mm-hmm. on every single play. And if I do that, you know, then hopefully that will lead to something like a contract extension, which has happened. And You, you mentioned Jody Camilla, who's uh, your special teams coach. Yeah, yeah. If you were to put a number on it, how many times does he say stand up, shake him out per meeting? Oh, man. Um, Over... Over under is ten. Would you go over or under? It depends on if it's all <laughs> on if it's all the young guys that are like hungry and taking notes, Take or if it's the vets in the room be like, "Come on, Jody, we've heard this nine thousand times already." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say over over six. Over six. I spent some time with Jody in uh, obviously Chicago, and now uh, he has this thing where he says, "Stand up, shake him out" every once in a while. What does it mean? So, but it, so it's actually, just wake up. Uh, wake up, but, but there's also like really a science to it because if you stand up, kind of whatever, and you you reset yourself in your seat. Then your mind kind of turns back to, okay, I need to turn on to focus. Exactly. So it's a little bit of, hey, you stupid idiot, wake up. <laughs> and Especially during training camp. And it's a, and it's and it's a little bit of, okay, like physically, men, like there's a, a science to it. Like your brain kicks in differently when you do it. So let's yeah, try. That's off let's try it. Hang on Stand a second. Up, Stand up, shake him out. Shout out to you. <laughs> All right, hey, you got this hat line. Yeah. What? Tell us a little bit about. I always, t- Joe. Yeah, I love that you have the fedora. We uh, we have a, a, con- a picks contest in our football season on our pregame show mm-hmm. that we do uh, fight for the fedora, and it's actually based off former Jags quarterback David Garrard. Okay. Because after they won a playoff game, he won a fedora to the post-game press conference, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this image that people remember. So we built a whole segment off it, and we do the picks, and somebody gets a golden fedora. Yeah. But I think we might have to replace the golden fedora with a Josh Lambeau. Fedora. Maybe and by so. the way, I'm a two-time defending champ, so I might need a new cap. <laughs> I'm sure we can sort something out. Uh, yeah, I was really excited. I got to work with uh, with New Era this week and and design some of the 2019 Jags hat, like the line. Um, and I, it was a blast. I mean, I'm looking at hats in an entirely different way now. Yeah, I got to. It's not just it's not just a hat or a hat or it's not just a a style. It's a um, it's um, a silhouette. Yeah, or, there you go. In all the different style, and all the different, sty- all the different yeah. uh, like you know, flat brims and everything else, and like. You know, there are however many different athletic meshes that you can put on hats, and just so many things I didn't even think about. Um, and so it was great getting to work with the designers there. We got to do some really cool um, designs. I really tried to stay on on theme with, okay, we're designing hats for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want it to be Jacksonville themed. I want it to be Duval. I want it to be Florida. So you know, we got to design um, a floral ball cap uh, where the brim is floral, but I don't just want some. Like really cool, pretty Hawaiian flowers. I want the Florida State flowers, orange blossoms. Like very specific to that. I'm glad you didn't quiz me on that. Yeah, me too, man. I had no idea. I'm, I'm fairly certain that's accurate. <laughs> unless, check, unless, check Google unless Google lied to me recently. Um, yes, yeah, so we did that. We got to do. I got to do a fedora, which was super cool. Um, you know, we have you know, hashtag Duval till we die on some of them. We have Duval all over the place. We got you know the Main Street Bridge on a couple of hats. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and, cool. and a couple of different other funky ones, but um, we got to do a women's line one, which my wife, I'm sure, will be happy with. Um, I, I am a little upset we didn't make anything for my dogs. Yeah, <laughs> you still have time. And is it, did I hear this right, that it will be launched in time for the season? 
Or yes, is, that is, is that correct? Be the case. I believe you can Fanatics.com? Buy, yeah, you'll be able to get them on Fanatics.com and then all the team stores uh, at the stadium. So, like, has fashion design always kind of been an interest of yours? I mean, you're kind of like a renaissance man. Like, do you play, <laughs> do you play like, a guitar, too? Are you country, yeah, yeah. Are you a musician as I, well? Yeah, uh, I have guitar. I have okay. Ukulele, I have ukulele. I just okay. got a keyboard the other ukulele. day. Ukulele? Okay. Um, yeah, actually, we... Um, Smile, you're on camera, too. I just want to let you know. <laughs> uh, my wife and I, we got married in Maui. Oh, nice. And she had this awesome idea of, instead of a guest book... We get a guest ukulele. Ah. And so we had everyone sign the uke. Pretty small, though. Yeah, we only had about small 30. Part. We only had 30 people. I like your um, style. I swear so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just a really fun celebration of everything. And so we got it a couple days in advance. And I'm like, okay, I can I play guitar. I can read tabs and everything. Let me try to sort out a uke. It's, I got these fat sausage fingers. So <laughs> the ukulele actually works for me better just physically. Um, yeah. And then I enjoyed it so much. And then... I'm still, I'm still playing it after everyone signed it. Megan's like, you're going to ruin the signature. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got back to Jacksonville, obviously. And then for camp, um, I, I got out early one night because I'm a kicker and we don't have to know anything other than sea <laughs> ball, kickball. And I, I went over to the shop and got a ukulele and just cool. kind of picked it up from there. That's pretty cool. We'll have to jam sometime, man. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. All oh, about you're going to bring it up, the, bring it on the radio so live performance here uh, on ESPN 690. I didn't say that much, Brent. I said jam, not go you know, live. And <laughs> I'm going to start charging people for that. I but, like it. But from, from the world of fashion design, I mean, is something you want to take in the future maybe, be a fashion designer? Or um, is it I just mean, more of just a cool thing that happened? Yeah, to you? you know, maybe so. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, no pun intended, but the more hats you can wear, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, more yeah. notches in your belt. Um, yeah. You know, the Jags came to me with this opportunity. I said, absolutely, like it'd be great. Who wouldn't want to have their own line for something, especially from an amazing brand like New Era? Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was really fun. And, you know, we'll see what the future holds. I don't know if I'm going to be quite David Beckham status. but hey, you never know, man. <laughs> you never know. The goal is to sell more hats than Ramsey. That's the thing. That would I think be... Ramsey's got some hats going on, too. You got to... Yeah, Jalen's line last year was awesome. If, yeah, it was if, good. If for some reason Josh Lambeau lines sell more, then I'm sure Jalen will probably try to talk some smack at me. But <laughs> well, well, Josh, Josh, I'm no gonna tell way. You what, Josh, I'm going to tell you what, man. If you, if you can make a hat that's about eight and a half, that's the size I'm wearing right now, eight and a half. If you can make it eight and a half, I'd appreciate it. I'll, I'll, holler, I'll holler at New Era. Holler at New Era, We'll man, see what we can do. Eight and a half, man. Well, it's the dreads and everything. Yeah, yeah. How you did you wear a helmet? Uh... Loosely, I mean, it, it, it was actually uh, they have big helmets, man. It's all good. Yeah, but uh, college is a little uh, rough because oh, I, yeah. I would say I went to a small school, so yeah, we, yeah. they didn't have every size available. So it was uh, it was a mess there. We're so. hanging out with a uh, Jags kicker Josh Lambo here at TPC Sawgrass, home of the players. It gets going next week. Uh, I see you at some golf events, so I know you play a little golf. Yeah. Uh, how much do you enjoy the game? And have you been? Did you come to the players last year? You enjoy this event? Yeah, golf is kind of in my blood. I mean, uh, yeah, my family we belonged to a country club growing up. So I did the whole junior golf everything. Um, my grandfather, my dedo, he actually had a tournament named after him in Michigan. Really? At the Lou Lambo Scramble. Very cool. Nice. Um, and yeah, my dad was a scratch golfer forever, and um, my oldest brother played a little bit of college golf, and it's just. You know, we, we, my family, like the guy, the, the men of the Lambo family, that's what we do. We golf. We golf together. Cool. Um, and so I, I did get a chance to come out to the players last year, which was amazing. I'm really, really excited to be back here again this year. I'm even more excited that it's in March and not May. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I love this event. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I'm hopefully going to get a chance to maybe walk inside the ropes with some of the players. and um, it, It's going to be a very, very cool opportunity. I'm super fortunate to be here, and I'm going to take advantage of it. Very good. Uh, last one for you. We'll let you go and appreciate you stopping by. I've always wondered this. What do you guys do 
at practice in your spare time. And this is not saying that you have a lot of spare time compared to every player like Austin's thinking in his mind right now. Oh, no. Uh, that, <laughs> I, I, we play ukulele. <laughs> That's why I bought but, it. <laughs> but, like, I remember talking, like, Scobie and some of the specialists, they would play, like, this golf game around the, the field at yeah. times, like where they've done that before, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have some fun games? Keep yourself entertained. Is it just conversation? Um, what is it? Uh, well, my special teams coordinator is Jody Camillus, and yeah, we have Tom Coughlin on our staff. So no, we don't have any fun. <laughs> Something fun now. Chaperones. Okay, Because I mean, it, yeah, that stuff's all f- is all fun and well and everything. But again, it, you have to have limited kicks. You know, Scobie is probably had a stronger leg than I did, and is probably more concerned with his golf game anyway. So well, well and, and and to your point, I don't think at that time Coughlin and Joe D were here. Yeah. <laughs> no. It was a little more Yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's uh but but I personally I thrive in those kind of environments. I think, you know, my previous club that probably would have been accepted. Here it's not and I love that. Yeah. I want for me personally just yeah, I've really arguably been a professional since I was four. I moved out of my house at 14 to play with the U17 national team down at IMG. I was drafted by FC Dallas at 17. I mean, I've been a pro for a the majority of my fast. life. Yeah. Um, so I I personally like things, you know, not necessarily like strict, but I like order. I, I thrive in order. I thrive in discipline and in timeliness. And so that, I think, is a big reason why I was able to kind of turn things around in my career a little bit when I, once I got here because just it, it personally fits me a little bit better, the professionalism of this club since Coach Coughlin has gotten here with Coach Marone and everybody else. For me personally, I thrive in that, and I do very well in that. And so I think that's a big reason of why. You, you, it, it's fun to do those things like in the offseason and yeah. OTAs and everything, but once the season gets here, you know, it is a job. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a game to everybody else, but it's my livelihood. It's what's going to allow you know, me to feed my dogs and, and pay for my niece and my nephew's college and all those things. And if I ever have kids of my own, you know, so it, it is. It's a full-time job. And um, you certainly want to have fun while you do it, but the job comes first for me. Yeah, well, you do it well, yeah. man. Four-year extension for Josh Lambeau, Jags kicker. Uh, continued uh, success, of course. We'll talk Thank to you, you a bunch more, but have fun in the off season. Good luck with the hats. <laughs> yeah, thanks yeah. so much. Make sure you buy one. Yeah, uh, we will certainly <laughs> do that. Just make one eight and a half. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do for All Austin. Right. Thanks yep. very much, we'll guys. Do it. Josh Lambeau joining us here on ESPN 690. We will continue with more talk about some of the Jags news from the day next, here live from TPC Sawgrass. Hey, welcome back here to CPC Sawgrass. TPC Sawgrass. Right, Mark, uh, uh, along with Austin Lane. Coos is back pushing all the buttons here on a Friday. We got a jump start on the Players Week, which is outstanding uh, here at, well, the welcome to all the fans. This new area, which really isn't a new area, but I think it's just blossomed into this big welcome center, if you will, uh, for the Players' Championship. Uh, the back door is the front door for you off Palm Valley Road. Everybody getting pretty fired up for the Players' Championship, and if we can get a day like this, woo it will be a lot of fun uh, next week at the Players as it moves back to March. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, joined by Gary Smith from the Florida Times Union right now on a couple of fronts. want to ask you about the Players, but before we do that, the late, great Dan Jenkins passes away at the age of 89, and I'll be honest with you, uh, I, I've run, I've seen Dan Jenkins. I have no personal connection to Dan Jenkins, but you've been covering golf, Gary, for a long, long time. So I know you do and, and have relationship with him. What did he mean or has he meant uh, to the sport of golf in your, in your view? Well, to anybody in kind of my age group, the 40s and 50s and beyond, Dan was kind of like one of the, one of the guys we read when we were growing up. Dan Jenkins, Dave Anderson, 
uh, Ed, Eddie Pope in the Miami Herald, uh, Bob Verdi, uh, Furman Bisher, you know, they, 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 these, these names rang out, and it's where we learned how to be sports writers. And more importantly, when you hung out with a guy in a media center, it's where we learned how to work sources. It's how we learned how to deal with people. It's, it's how to maybe uh, circumvent the people who were trying to, uh, you know, stonewall you and things. But, you know, it, it, was, it was great getting to know Dan over the years. Uh, to talk to him at the Masters uh, almost every chance I could get because you hope something soaks up just by, just by being in his presence. He lived at the Sawgrass Country Club for about five years in the 90s when he was working for Golf Digest. And uh, he used to be here at the Players on a regular basis. And it was in 1996, the first players I worked at as, as a full-time golf writer. And uh, I just went up to introduce myself in the media center. It was a Thursday or Friday. And he says, oh, yeah, uh, Gary, I know you, you're doing a great job. And it felt like, you know, I got touched on, you know, the left hand of God touched me there or something. <laughs> uh, but he was, you know, he was an old school guy. And, you know, the, the, he, the, the golf stuff he did was legendary. But Dan was also a, a huge college football influence especially in the 60s and 70s for Sports Illustrated, his game story on the 1971 Nebraska-Oklahoma game is still the benchmark. I encourage, strongly encourage any young journalist to go to the Sports Illustrated vault, find that story, and read it. And and it was tremendous. Nobody painted a picture uh, like Dan did. And, and you know what? Nobody uh, skewered some people like, like Dan did. And yeah. my personal favorite will always be when Greg Norm was in a press conference and Greg started getting full of himself as he did and, and he ventured the opinion that shocking. Ventured the opinion <laughs> that uh, you know, I could have been a brain surgeon if I had applied myself in that direction. So Dan Jenkins wrote, Well that may be, but he ain't operating on this cowboy, <laughs> at least not on Sunday. <laughs> Great was, line. Was, how, how do you view like for me? I I started seeing Dan Jenkins on Twitter, and he yeah. would be fun on Twitter. Like you know, he obviously reached, whether he was always like this or he reached a point where he just didn't care what he said. Right. right. It, it Twitter, didn't care. Twitter was great because all <laughs> that, that guy for the golf dodgers was sitting next to him with a laptop, and all Dan would do is just like we were sitting around watching the, watching the tournament on TV, and his little one liners and everything. And and I often wonder, you know, how many times. Did Dan say, okay, put this on there? Or did Dan just kind of say something without thinking? The guy said, that's really good. I'm going to put that on there. Like last year at the Masters when he said that Tommy Fleetwood was a low guitarist. (laughs) And the other one at the end of the PGA when Brooks Koepka is closing out his third major in two years. And Dan says, if somebody sticks a needle in Brooks Koepka, will he bleed or short circuit? (laughs) Good stuff. So is that that how he – is he remembered as a great writer, a great historian of the game of golf, or kind of this this, – uh, doesn't pull any punches, kind of journalist. Well, he was what all. Do you think? He was all of that. He was all of that. And you know, Dan didn't necessarily translate well to TV because Dan also really did not like political correctness. And I'm just wondering if he didn't get on on TV a whole lot because they were afraid that Dan might just kind of blurt out the wrong, the wrong thing. Uh, Possible. And if anybody has like ever style. Read, anybody has <laughs> ever read Semi Tough or Dead Solid Perfect would know that Dan was not a politically correct guy. And. Uh, uh, and it, it, it was, you know, you know, he just didn't didn't pull any punches. There were no sacred cows with Dan. He loved the sport of golf, loved the sport of golf, but he disliked over-officious governing body blazers. Okay, he disliked uh, tournament officials who thought that their tournament was the Masters when really. And Dan was very protective of the four majors. Yeah, I talked to Dean Beeman earlier today uh, for the story, and and Dan would, was one of these old school golf artists. He would not. Countenance the fact that the players might be considered a major or should be considered a major. Nope, we got these four and that's it. 
and asked Mr. Beeman if it was it ever difficult dealing with Dan about that. And he said, well, he said, I was friends with Dan before I became a commissioner. He said that never changed. He said, you know, he had very strong opinions. And he said, let's just leave it at that and everything. But he said golf was better for having Dan Jenkins. Yeah, it certainly was. Dan Jenkins passed away at the age of 89. Think about all the golf that man saw. 232 uh, major championships, 179 in a row. That's unbelievable. It uh, really is. Uh, did you already release the article in the Florida Times Union, or is that later or tomorrow? Yeah, or? we had, we had something, uh, posted something uh, uh, you know, early this morning. and then, uh, But there will be something in there tomorrow. He, he passed away like uh, early evening yesterday yeah, okay. at his home in Fort Worth. Uh, we're we're going to let you uh, go in a moment, but uh, we're with Gary Smith from the Florida Times Union. Obviously, uh, knows all things golf, does a great job locally in golf. Uh, what's your thoughts on this Players' Championship as we get set to uh, tee this thing up in well, a couple of days? the one thing I've noticed is the extended weather forecast. We, we may very well have four days like this. The temperatures are going to fluctuate a little bit. We're not going to get any of those cold days, windy days like Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, I think from a fan standpoint, and it, it, it's going to be fairly comfortable out there. We may get some rain here and there, uh, but I, I, I think if we, we were just talking. I mean, if we get four days like this, like we got right now, then Absolutely. it's going to be tremendous. Now, you notice the wind's already different in May, it and, and, and it's going to make the course play a little bit different. 17 so, more fun. Yeah, 17 and 18, a, a heck of a lot more fun. And uh, I, I guess we're all looking forward to seeing what that will do. Now, the average winning score in this tournament did not change a whole lot for the 12 years in May as opposed to the previous years in, in March. It was The average was about 11 or 12 under. But there are a lot more fluctuations in March from David Duval winning at 3 under to Greg Norman at 24 under. Yeah. You didn't see that in Greg May. Greg Couples at 18 under. No, there wasn't much of a, uh, a deviation. The, uh, the one year where the winning score was single digits under par, and it was uh, Sergio Garcia at 5 under. So... Uh, uh, it's very now the, the commit list is going to come out of hopefully you're on the you're on the email list you'll get that about five o'clock and everything and uh, I'm told no no big surprises no no huge uh, uh, withdrawals there's going to be a few guys who have been on the eligibility list that were injured Jamie Lovemark William McGirt and Kevin Chapel to the best of my knowledge won't be able to play because of injuries and and then we're all locally we're all hoping. One more bad back, and Jim Furyk gets in for his 23rd or 24th player start. Wow, So, and that could certainly happen yeah. uh, in the next mm-hmm. few days. And obviously we're keeping our eye on Jason Day, pulls yeah. out of the uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, Phil Mickelson, you've been reporting that, that he committed and then was 50-50. Where do you feel on Mick, uh, P. Mick? And I will say Tiger today, I've talked to some folks, there is a confidence that Tiger will play next mm-hmm. week. Yeah. I was not confident, I will tell you that, coming into the day. But I've heard some things today that give me more confidence that Tiger will be here next week. But that's still a wait and see. Yeah, and Jason and Tiger may have done that purely as a, as a, as a precaution with wrong for Bay Hill so they could be ready for this. And uh, I think ultimately Phil will play. I think sometimes Phil likes to be contrary just because, he, just because, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, but I, I think he will be here. You know, he committed on Monday, and then yesterday after the pro am, he's with a gaggle of, of of sports writers. And one of our sister papers, the Augusta Chronicle, had two reporters there, and they they reported back to me, and he says, "Well, I know I committed, but it's still 50-50. Well, you know, what do you what do you mean here? You know, yeah, yeah. what exactly? And uh, and then I was told earlier that Phil was – it's Phil's way of saying that every tournament he might consider playing was going to be a 50-50 proposition because of his age. Uh, I don't he think he would ever say that about the Masters, though. No, nah, you're right about that. Uh, I expect him to be here. We'll see. But it doesn't matter. We know this place is awesome regardless. Gary Smith from the Florida Times Union. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks for having me, fellas. You got it. We'll see you all next week. Can't wait for the Players' Championship uh, coming up in just a couple of days. We'll keep our eye on those uh, uh, the big names coming to Jacksonville. And thanks to Gary for his thoughts on uh, the, the late, great 
Dan Jenkins. Uh, again, if you love golf, if you've uh, read about golf, uh, I, you know Dan Jenkins. Even if you don't know who Dan Jenkins is or you, you really like don't follow golf like that, go check Dan Jenkins' Twitter out. And just through the weeks and months, and it's it's really funny. I mean, he's a funny, funny guy. Uh, I don't know him, but you kind of feel like you know all about him uh, just based off his uh, Twitter as well. Let's get back to football right now. We've been talking about the Jags. They released uh, Malik Jackson, Carlos Hyde, Tayshawn Gibson, Jeremy Parnell, and Carson Tinker. We talked about Malik Jackson. We talked about Carson Tinker. We talked about Carlos Hyde. Next on the docket, Jeremy Parnell. I say Jeremy Parnell in a Jags uniform. What do you think? Underachieved. I think. Really? Yeah. I okay. mean, yeah. You know, when he came in, and I think injuries got something to do with that too, Brent. You know, he wasn't necessarily the healthiest guy. Yeah, he played through a lot, but he, he yeah. never seemed fully healthy. Bro, you know? I mean, like, my interpretation of him coming in was like, you know, he's this mauler, he's this mean. I mean, if you look at him, he's definitely a mean-looking dude. He's a sure. mean dude. He's yeah. a scary guy. So he's, I read uh, something on Twitter today, uh, the system on Twitter I follow, and he said, uh, uh, what did he say? He said, I bet they were afraid to go tell Jeremy Parnell he's released. They're oh, too afraid yeah. because all the other guys had come out first and none of them Parnell. They're like, I bet he's too afraid. To tell yeah, him. yeah. And I agree with him. Yeah. He was yeah. a scary dude. Yeah. So I think he was a gentle giant, to be honest with you. No. But he, was a, he could be an imposing figure. Well, but he, even his playing style when he came in, it was known as kind of like a mauler, you know, like an aggressive type of person. And unfortunately, like, like you said, Brent, he had some injuries and whatnot. I think he played through a lot more than uh, people actually realized. So that kind of hampered his uh, his ability a little bit. But listen, uh, once again, we've been talking about it. It's, it's the nature of the beast, and unfortunately, he wasn't putting up the production that the Jaguars wanted, and uh, you know we have to cut a little bit from the cap, so he's one of those casualties. Yeah, and he's been in Jacksonville for four years now. Here's the other side of this. He's going to be 33 years old. Uh, an offensive lineman can play a little bit later, but again, he was slowed by injuries, and at $6 million, that was a pretty hefty price tag. What I was unsure about with Parnell, I get it, it makes sense. Because again, it felt like he was on one leg half the time the last couple of years, well, did, especially when he got late in the season. The past two seasons, he missed a couple games. He missed right? a few games. Uh, three games last year, three games the year yeah. prior. So, yeah. I mean, he was in and out, to your point. And he wasn't 100% a lot. Uh, a little bit of nature of that position. But he was definitely aging. But I wasn't completely sure the Jags would do this because many people figure A.J. Can is out the door. Uh, I actually still think there's a small chance A.J. Can comes back because I think the Jags at least appreciate his durability, and that's not an easy thing to find. I mean, look what happened to their offensive line last year. I think Ken missed one game, but everybody else missed a ton of games. And Well, Parnell only missed three. But I was a little surprised. I wasn't sure on Parnell because are you going to leave the the right side open going into free agency in the draft? So now they don't know who their right guard is if they don't bring Ken back, and they don't know who their right tackle is. Well, so you have obvious holes to fill now well, you have in the next that, couple of weeks. You have Cam Robinson, too, who's coming off a pretty serious injury. So yeah, but it's not like he's 100%. Well, you're either. right. We don't know yeah. how he'll come back. That was yeah. early in the year, so that's a blessing. Still, and but, it was, but you're right. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. And this, So this points to we have our eye on a tackle in the first round of the draft, right? Yeah. Don't you think? Well, if, if Nick Foles gets here, mm-hmm. doesn't this kind of point to, hey, we might get a tackle here in the first round. Well, let me ask you this, too. How ca- how confident were you in Cam's abilities when he was healthy and he was playing? It was a mixed bag, to be honest with you, Austin. It was like you you heard things that were like, oh, he did a really good job. And in 2017, the mixed bag always was on the side of doing a good job because everything was going well. Mm-hmm. But then there were some things that came out after the season, like he was not as good as people might have said he was. So it was complete mixed bag. Obviously, last year was a throwaway. 
I don't know. I think the verdict is still out on Cam Robinson. And that's scary. That's, that's a scary At that thought. position, it's a scary thing. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, Will Richardson, another draft pick. He's a fourth-round guy. We've talked about him in the past. Verdict is certainly out on him. I have no idea where he is in their plans. In fact, I would think he's not even in their consideration the way last year went. We'll see if things change in 2019 f- for him. But uh, I will say this about Parnell. I got four years out of him. You know, we talk about Malik Jackson. Three years out of him. We criticize the team for giving up a fifth-round pick for Carlos Hyde. Okay. But when you sign a free agent offensive lineman, you get four years out, and you get some, uh, let's see, 31, 44, 57 games. And Malik Jackson, big contract. He gets three years, and you get to a Pro Bowl and somewhat 18 sacks in those three years. That's pretty good production. Mm-hmm. Like, you can knock this organization for a lot of things. Free agents are swings and misses sometimes. Those guys are not swings and misses. I think that's fair to say. I mean, Malik Jackson goes to a Pro Bowl, played at the Pro Bowl level. Jeremy Parnell was never touching that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he played in a lot of games, hung around for four years, they saw value in him. I think you got to give that a good grade for the organization when they went out and got Jeremy Parnell. And look, and, uh, I don't have the, you know all the players in front of me, but one would say that from a free agent perspective, the guys that we have brought in have performed pretty well. Now, obviously, Andrew... Norwell is still up in the air. We'll, yes. we'll see what happens. Um, Julius Thomas sticks out to me as a guy that did not perform Bust. well here in, in Jacksonville. But um, from you know from other guys that I've seen, it's it's been pretty successful. Yeah, I mean they were kind of starting out with pause a little bit. I think kind of set the tempo. Yeah, they do have some success stories. Yeah. you're right in free agency. Big reason they went to the AFC Championship game in 2017 because the draft crop that they had developed over these couple of years, well, they played really good ball. They mm-hmm. developed and, and played really good ball. And on top of that, they hit on the free agents, like Parnell, like Malik Jackson, like Tayshawn Gibson, like Barry Church. Uh, who else do I got? Um, that's probably all. I'm sure I'm missing some. Uh, but but anyway, you get the point. I mean, yeah. those, those are nice hits. But then, of course, you have some misses, too, like Dante Moncrief sticks out to me. Well, and then, but, well, I'm saying 2017, it looks oh, that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, now yeah. Now you yeah, go 2018, yeah. and you wonder, because of the year they had, mm-hmm. okay, well... They missed on a lot all of a sudden. Is Telvin Smith as good as he was from a draft perspective? Or, or we thought he was. Uh, Barry Church gone right away. Malik Jackson, not a great year. So, again, the wins and losses changed the perception and the perspective of how these guys did in free agency in the draft. But to this point, I think you have to give the organization credit for what they got out of Parnell, Malik Jackson, and our next guy, Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah. What comes to mind when I say Tayshawn Gibson in a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform? Uh, solid. You know, um, it's actually a guy that I'm ca- – I don't want to say uh, I would be nervous that the Jaguars are letting him go because uh, I can see why. You know, I mean, they obviously signed a couple guys. They have some young talent coming up. But at the same time, Gibson, you know, the, the, that year that Jacks went to the AFC Championship game, Gibson had a lot to do with that, you know, because the – we always give so much love to Ramsey, you know, and, and, the, and the defensive backs. But you got to remember, the safeties and defensive backs, they work together. And they also work with the defensive line. Um, people forget that, too, where if you have good coverage, that's where the sack's going to come around. So, you know, obviously the, this past year we saw a lot when the Jaguars ran a lot of cover three. Uh, a game that stands out to me is the Dallas game when they played the Cowboys. And, and just uh, there were some lapses in, in the zone. I'm not sure who was responsible for all those lapses. But that was an embarrassing game for sure. But as far as Gibson's concerned, man, I, I thought it was a guy that was solid, um, a good pickup, a guy that came from Cleveland, you know, who had a, some pretty good seasons in Cleveland as well. Um, we got him for a low price. Um, it stinks that we're, I mean, obviously it sucks that we're letting him go, 
but it also sucks that we're not getting anything for him, you know, because especially with with his contract, with his price, you thought a team would be at least willing to trade um, something, you know, maybe get, get like a fifth-round pickback that we gave up for Carlos Hyde. So in that aspect, it kind of sucks that we're not getting anything for Gibson. But um, once again, you know, a, a guy that served his time here that did that was pretty productive, I feel Yeah, like. I, I think that's a good point, too. It's I, I was a little surprised today that there wasn't a move maybe made for Gibson or yesterday. And... I figure he holds some value in a team that has money to spend. Eight, nine million bucks isn't probably bad. I think the Jags would have liked to keep him. I really do. I think the Jags would have loved to have kept Tayshawn Gibson. I think there's a little philosophical difference between him and the coaching staff at times about how much he should be put in playmaking situations compared to how he should play in this defense. But those can be ironed out. I don't think there's that much tension. I think there's just a difference in opinion at times. I think this is, if he was $4 million bucks, they'd be keeping him. Or $5 million, they might even keep him. But the fact that they get to shave some more off their salary cap, this was a big play here. And again, to your point, I was a little surprised. Now, how does he get remembered? I remember him in two different ways. I remember him because I told you this story earlier in the week. Doug Marone said he was the first guy he called in 2000, after the 2017 season when the Pro Bowl nominations came out. And it wasn't to congratulate Malik Jackson and Jalen Ramsey and everybody who went. Uh, Calais Campbell, I think the Jags had five guys. Smith Kelvin Smith. Too, yeah. It was to say, hey, man, hey, Gip, you should have been there. Mm-hmm. He really appreciated the way Tayshawn Gibson played in 2017. He thought he played really well. So that's the plus side. For a guy that you sign and the coach thinks you should have been a pro bowler, well, that tells me a little bit about his play. The flip side of this, when you go far... And when you have plays that change the season or prevent you from going to the Super Bowl, like Miles Jack wasn't down, to me, Tayshawn Gibson will always be on the forefront, in my opinion, of third and 18. The fact they gave up third and 18. To me, we've had all different stories on this, by the way. You can put the blame I've here on Barry Church, on Miles Jack, on Tayshawn Gibson. I think there are three or four guys that you could assess the blame to on that play alone. Bottom line is, the Patriots converted on third and 18, and I saw Gibson not at the sticks as a free safety. And so, for me, my eyes went to him. And that's obviously a play that will live in infamy in Jacksonville because along with Miles Jack wasn't down, along with getting conservative at the end of the game, if the Jags stopped the Patriots on third and 18, they win that football game. So I think Gibson, in my mind, will be also remembered for that, but he helped get them there, too. A uh, good football player and a cool dude, too. I really like uh, Tayshawn Gibson, uh, no longer a Jacksonville Jaguar. We are scheduled to have Marcel Darius join us coming up next. He is a member of the 2019 Jaguars. Why did he decide to restructure? We'll ask him. Coming up next, live from TPC Sawgrass on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to TPC Sawgrass, home of the Players' Championship. Brent Martineau, former Jags player Austin Lane with us here on Friday on ESPN 690. Coos back in the studio pushing all the right buttons here until 6 o'clock. And then we'll hustle on over to the Tom Coughlin J Fund Wine Gala tonight in downtown Jacksonville, which is sold out. What a fun uh, couple of weeks in Jacksonville. And, of course, the NFL league season starts next Wednesday, which means free agency. And we already have a bunch of moves between trades and releases. Uh, and what else will happen, uh, and what will happen with the Jags quarterback situation. There's a lot to digest over the next uh, six, seven, eight days here in the Jacksonville area. But one thing we don't have to digest 
is Marcel Darius going anywhere? Let's bring in Marcel Darius right now. He joins us via the phone and recently restructured his contract to stay with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, we're doing fantastic. How are you doing? And can you tell us a little bit about this restructure? Why you wanted to stay in Jacksonville so badly? Well, I'm doing extremely well. I can't call and just enjoying myself, family, off time, just just recouping, recovering. Um, and the deal with Jacksonville, it felt like the right place for me. It's not felt like I want to sit somewhere and try to make something happen. Um, cause I know we have the move. I know we have the pieces, and I just, I just, just want to watch it all develop and come together. So it's, it felt like a good deal to me, and we talked extensively about it. And I'm, I'm happy with what we came up with. Hey, Marcel, it's Austin Lane here. Listen, so restructured deals, uh, they always said the player's sacrificing a little bit for the team. You know, he's being a team player. But at the same time, you have to say that the coaches have a lot of faith in you to do that just because they're going to pay you up front, and but they still expect you to pay, play at a high level for the following years. So just can you talk about the transition from, you know, coming from the Bills to the Jaguars and what the relationship like with Doug Marone's been like and company and just uh, what it's led to the kind of like the resurgence of your career? <clears throat> um, I probably just different atmosphere. Um, different atmosphere and familiar faces just brought comfort and relaxation to me. Um, and it just when, when it feels right, things feel right. And I, I I can believe in myself, and I can bet on myself any day, any any year, any time, any day. I can bet on myself, and I feel I have sure better time winning. So it's going to be fun, and I can't wait to see <clears throat> the moves that we make. And the guys that the guys gonna be ready to go. I'm just excited for the whole experience. Marcel Darius with us, Jaguars defensive tackle here on ESPN 690. Uh, Marcel, you said that we've talked a bunch. Uh, whether you come on Jaguars All Access, which we always appreciate, or you're in the locker room, uh, and and you mentioned that word a lot, fun. What does that mean to you? And you've been in the league a while. You've been in a lot of different places. But what does it mean that you're in a good place? Having fun playing football, and 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 want to stay. I mean, what what is that uh, defined by uh, internally, at least for you? I done made a lot of money, and I love that being a part of the Jacksonville Jaguars with the familiar faces. Um, I can I, I got to say with Marone and and the coaching staff there. I'm, and me making the money I make, it's just fun now. I'm, I feel like I'm back in high school where it's not about the money. It's about bringing, it's about bringing everybody together for one common goal. And, and it's just fun to sit back and watch these young guys develop and watching myself transition into that person that, that just looks at the game that way again. That's pretty cool. Uh, Marcel Darius with us, Jaguars defensive tackle. Can you talk about your relationship with Doug Marone? Obviously, it goes back to the Buffalo days, but we were at the NFL Combine last week, and, and Doug had some really nice things to say about you and your relationship. What is it about Doug Marone that, that you and him get along and connect the way you do? I mean, um, <clears throat> Marone, he, 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 we have a lot of similarities. Like He, he sees a lot of me and himself personality-wise just, the, just the way the back the background of coming up and just the relationships that I have from relationships that he had, we had conversations like that even in Buffalo, and we just re, we just relate to each other pretty well. Um, and at the same time, 
he's he's a no nonsense. You say you do what you say you're gonna do, and then that's that's the end of it. I, I really I I like I like it better that way. He um is just try to cut as much cut as much of politics out of it as possible. And him and Coughlin just trip really straightforward shooters and just kind of play the ball, play the game like that. And I, I agree with it and I like it. And I'm cool with it. Um, cause it's just telling me straightforward, hey, this is what we're looking for. And they're straight shooters, man to man. I can, I can relate to it. That makes a lot of sense. Brent Martin along with Austin Lane and Marcel Darius joining us here on ESPN 690. Uh, keep you for a couple more minutes, Marcel. We appreciate you joining us. Obviously, today there's some news that uh, Malik Jackson uh, is released. Tayshawn Gibson is released. This defense at times over the last couple of years has been awesome. What did those two guys, in your view, mean to this defense over the last couple of seasons? Oh, man, tremendous. Tremendous deal! Like it, I, you just caught me off guard with that. Um, wait, say that, say that one more time. You caught me off guard with that. Oh, I didn't know you didn't know yet. Uh, sorry about that, Marcel. Uh, Malik, ja- the team, uh, the Jags announced the release of Malik Jackson uh, and also Tayshawn Gibson as well today, uh, with a couple of other uh, cuts: uh, Jeremy Parnell, Carlos Hyde, and uh, Car- Carson Tinker. But obviously, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, for probably salary cap reasons, more so than performance reasons, uh, Gibson and Malik Jackson, who played next to you for these last couple of years, uh, has been released. So uh, I didn't know you didn't know that, but uh, now that you do, what kind of impact were those guys in the locker room and on that defense that, again, has been one of the best in the NFL over the last couple of seasons? Man. There's only one one word to really explain the way Malik, plays and the way, the way he goes about work he's a general out there he's a that, that was my nickname for him he was the general malik champagne league he's always on time he's always doing what he had to do he always put in the extra work he's always just been a tremendous teammate tremendous player and, and it's like we, we all had this conversation we all understood that it's our business and we all we all got to play the game the way it is even though if you like it or not, it's just it's crazy to see that it's crazy to hear that or see that I have tremendous respect for both of those guys, Gibson as well. Just gritty, hard nosed, hard working, talented, extremely outgoing. I mean the years I have, the, the year and a half I have with them, they impact me in a great deal. They helped me look at my game differently. And and show me where to take mine and just kinda of, just evolve into the player and the team that we had. It's just crazy to even hear that right now. So, um, there's my true thoughts about it. And that's just kind of off the top of the head. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really the bad side of the business at times. But this defense has so many playmakers. Uh, you you kind of figured at one point or another it would be hard to keep all of them. Uh, Calais Campbell is coming back. Yannick Ngakwe is is a bright young player. Uh, Taven Bryan is in the second year. You. Avery Jones still right uh, behind you, it looks like, uh, at that defensive tackle spot. Uh, a guy like Ronnie Harris is coming along. Even with the, the absence of guys that you talk so highly about in, in Gibson and in Jackson, you guys have a lot of pieces. Miles Jack, Delvin Smith, to name a couple more. Uh, is there Are there high hopes that this defense will be as, as dominant as it was in 2017? I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to do the best we can to be as dominant, if not more. So it's, it's, it's not that doesn't mean we're going to try to slack off or do anything different. We just have to make up from those pieces that we relied on. So 
we'll we'll be tough and we're gonna make it through. And it's the business. And I hope I hope the best for Malik and Gibson. Absolutely, uh, it's the best one. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you've been getting away a little bit, or what? What are you doing the off season? Uh, traveling or, mm-hmm. or staying in Jacksonville? I mean, I've been I've been trying to I've been trying to broaden my horizons, you know, <laughs> be a little cultured out here. <laughs> so I've been I've been moving around. On I got a couple trips planned out before they lock us down again, and my birthday's coming up in a couple of days. That's a good thing. Happy birthday! I don't know, man. Happy birthday, man. Oh, thank you kindly. The lovely twenty nine. No. Still and still it's, playing it's good football enough. at the age of twenty nine. Well, safe travels when you do that. I, I did want to let you know, like Jalen Ramsey last year came out with a little bit of a hat collection, and Josh Lambeau, your kicker, uh, just uh, started a hat collection as well uh, this week. I feel like you could do like Hawaiian shirts or something. I mean, you got a little fashion <laughs> in you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is, my love. My short, I, I like the short sleeve button down shirt look. That's that's kind of my thing. I like to let the stomach hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hide the belly, man. Don't hide the no. belly, <laughs> Never, never hide the confidence. <laughs> uh, I love him, Marcel Darius. Hey, thanks for calling in, man, and enjoy the rest of the off season. And uh, we'll see you when you get back in uh, to Jags headquarters in April. Ah, uh, no problem. You guys take it easy. All right, Marcel Darius joining us on ESPN 690. He is a fun guy. Dang. He is a fun guy. I mean, he he talks. Uh, we have him on Jaguars All Access with Calais Campbell and Jeff Lagerman and, sure. and I. And uh, it, I, every time he comes on, I feel like he he wants to tell you how sexy he is. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I found it crazy that he, he he didn't know about the releases. You know, it's like, funny. I ended up breaking the news. Though. I'm like, you, you, you kind of told me to ask him a question. I'm like, I had nothing to say to the dude because like, I, I know what he's going through right now. Like, I'm sure his his mind is just blown from the fact that, you know, he, uh, he has to say goodbye to some teammates. So it's always a rough situation, especially when you find out uh, from, from you. It, it's, it's also a, it's a reminder, all right? We live in, we put players formerly you and these guys, in a fishbowl. And we all on the outside look at it daily, hourly. I mean, I've been on my phone all day. Who's getting released? Who might come? What's the latest rumors? Folks listening to the show, doing the same thing. That's why they're listening to the show. They like the Jags. They like where what's the moving and shaking going on. Who's going to play quarterback? That's the fun part of it for all of us on the outside. But I've always been amazed at this. And this is not a world we live in, and we can't even relate to it. And now you're seeing it from two different sides. Mm-hmm. But I think the way the players can get in their bubble and zone in on that bubble and just get everything else on the outside to be quiet to them. And not all of them do it. Some welcome the outside noise. But a guy like Marcel Darius obviously is not on Twitter today, is not in front of ESPN or listening to the radio or looking at a newspaper or whatever it might be. He's, he's just not. Yeah. And so it's amazing that you guys, again, I form, uh, you, you live this life, can compartmentalize it like that. I, I just can't fathom doing that. And, and honestly, every player is different, but I can see where he's coming from, too. Listen, the NFL season, it's a long, taxing season mentally and physically. So when players want to get out the offseason, decompress a little bit, like like he said, broaden his horizons, I'm all for that. And if that involves kind of putting your phone down a little bit, getting off social media, 
more power to them. But obviously, it's, it's always a shock when you uh, when you're when doing a radio interview and uh, you find out some of your, you know, your players got cut. Yeah, we broke the news to uh, Marcel Darius. Malik Jackson and Tayshawn Gibson uh, have been released. Uh, thanks to Marcel Darius for joining us. Have a good vacation for him. We're not going on vacation. Oh, no, no, no. But we are. We kind of feel like we are. We're at TPC oh, yeah. Sawgrass on a beautiful Friday evening. Come back and join us on ESPN 690. we got Ballin' at Fallen. Stay in your lane. And more conversation about the Jags coming up. Welcome back to TPC Sawgrass. Brett Morton along with Austin Lane. Coos back home. Coos, we're going to miss you, by the way, the next week. We're not going to see a lot of you. I was One saying, man, is. I was leaving into work today, and I'm like, I live out there. So I was like, oh, I'm so jealous the guys get to go to the, the golf course, and I have to go sit inside. Can't you, like, uh, get somebody to cover? I mean, you do a fantastic job. I mean, so. I guess I could, but, you know. Um, how about this, okay? Talking to my mom this morning, mm-hmm. and she's like, uh, she's like, who's who does who's the other guy that comes? I said, yeah. He's like, she's like, who's? I was like, yeah, Justin. Mm-hmm. And uh, says, ah, he's fun. He does a good job. You know, all those nice things about Whoa, Coos. Your mom's a very nice lady and generous. Yeah, um, bless all, her, bless her heart. All these nice things. Mm-hmm. But so then she says, yep, here it comes. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, you remember the show Home Improvement? Yeah, of course. Right with yeah. uh, what's his name? Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah, and, so Tim and Allen, Al right? Borland. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my mom says, "Yeah, I kind of feel like Coos is the the neighbor that just peeks out that you never see his face." <laughs> Wilson, right? <laughs> Wilson. Wilson, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "That's a great analogy." Not bad. Like, he jumps in, but it's always, it's a good when he jumps yeah, in. Yeah, but right. But, Wilson helped make the show, right? He, Wilson did make the show, but at least Wilson offered like you know classic advice about life and whatnot. Coos just kind of ticks me off all the time, but <laughs> so be it. <laughs> I thought that was a, a tremendous but the, no, uh, was, analogy. Props to Mama Martino. Can I call, call her that or not? I Michael? think so, Mama Martino. By all the right. way, is your mom's name Barbara, Justin? Yes. I think she followed me on Twitter today. Uh-oh. So please, please apologize. <laughs> Please apologize. I will. Uh, I will for her following me and all the making making fun that we do of her son at times. And Coos, can you please tell your mom that mine is a underscore train underscore ninety two <laughs> at yes. I'll let her know. It has to be an even following. You can't just follow half exactly. the show. Also accepting Facebook requests as well. Thank you. By the <laughs> way, I will say this: like we should come out here and do the show more often because the camera shot looks fantastic. Oh yeah. I mean, it's if I just gem. start doing the show from my backyard, I just got to get a backyard that looks like this. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous to, you know, because behind us there's like a little, what do you, would you call it a driving range, Brent? I mean, it's basically, it's the 17th green, but it's like smaller. Well, so it's, I mean, it's, it's like yeah. a little chipping. Well, it's called the 17th hole replica. Okay. Um, and, and they do a lot of events here, and the, the fans can come over here and try it out. So, yeah, I mean, it's the equivalent of a driving okay, range right well, there. Okay, well, I was yes. just going to say, I was nervous to do that with you because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's there's the girls uh, serving drinks on one side. There's some fans watching the other side. A lot of people watching, but uh, seeing some of these people swing the golf club right now, I'm not <laughs> that nervous about it. That's all I'm going to say. I've been I watching the this. whole show. Yeah, have you? Oh, uh, yeah. This? But watching behind you guys, watching people hit, yeah. and I'm waiting. To, I usually use the celebration <laughs> or the... The not really reaction as yeah. what happened. I will yeah. tell you this: that is a there's a debate on which shot is harder, the real one mm-hmm. from 127 yards, yeah. or this one because it's 35 yards. That is not an easy shot. And if you guys look behind me, there's also a gentleman wearing Carhartt bibs right now, and I'm upset that I had to wear a polo shirt and uh, you know dress up a little bit, and some guy can come wear Carhartt. I think he, I think he works here. Well. 
I hope so. Well, so if you want to work here, you can wear that. Yeah, that'd be a fun little gig. I don't know if he really works here, but I don't think he does. I'm gonna go with that. I think he's making a style trend, and I appreciate it. I've got one other thing about. I've got to get off my chest a little bit. Okay. So today I respond on Twitter to. It was Antonio Brown again. So Antonio Brown, uh, I'm not going to do the Antonio Brown rant. If you want to go back to Wednesday's <laughs> Any show. Any episode that we've ever done, just check it out. Wednesday's show, the first half hour is the Antonio Brown rant. Go check it out on our podcast. Go check it out on YouTube, Facebook, on the Twitter, at Brent Jacks. But, obviously, he didn't get traded to the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. So this morning I said, hey, Jags. I've been needling the Jags on this the whole time, right, the last few weeks. He's still available. Still available. And my friend Dan Hicken replies and says, will you stop? Oh. And I said, why don't you people want to be good on offense? Why don't you want to score touchdowns? Careful, Brent. And you said it before, too. You people, man. And so I get these responses on Twitter. I'm 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 being completely genuine right now. (laughs) This is not fabricated. Mm-hmm. So I get responses, and it's like, you people, question mark. Kuz, do you remember on Wednesday? Oh, hold on. Yeah. Time sorry, out. Sorry. Time okay. out. Okay. And so I, uh, I'm i like, you people? Yeah, I said, you people. Like, what's wrong with that? And so other, not a, it didn't go like crazy. Like, I was like, all right. I even reached out to Dan. I was like, hey, Dan, if I say you people, is that derogatory? Like, I reached out to somebody on, on, on the direct message on Twitter. I said, is that derogatory? And so then I had to even Google it. Yep. And then I was listening to our show from the other day, and, and, and when you, when I said you people, said it twice. you said it twice. Hey, yep. watch out with you people. Yep. People, not you people, but people. Oh, he almost did it again. I am being completely, genuinely honest. Like, I had no idea that you people was a thing. <laughs> and so what kind of thing is it, and should I really stop saying it? Kuz, you want to take it, or do you want me to... Start this up. Well, I mean, I feel like the or, the yeah. text conversation we had with the whole like the first thing I think is Tropic Thunder's Tropic uh, Thunder. scene. Yeah. That's what the guy See. in the direct message on Twitter said. He, <laughs> and, but I, I've never seen the movie, so I don't oh. know. But but he kind of he put a clip in. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is does this have r- racial undertones? It, yes, it, it can. But I think it's more from a place of lightheartedness. I think, um, Brent, if you were to say you people, and obviously I said, Brent, you better be careful. I was just joking around. You I, were joking. Yeah, I mean, Brent, I, I wouldn't be working with you if you're racist, okay? That's just well, not I, how I Well, I think roll. everybody, I so. think the reason I, uh, but I, but it's one of those moments where I genuinely was like, oh, crap. Yeah. What have I said that I'm like, ignorant about no, no, like sure. that I'm not supposed to say, I especially when were, it comes to that. Yeah. And I was like, well, somebody would have said something to me already. I mean, I've said it enough. Yeah. See, like in the context that you used it, I think that people were just kind of messing around with you a little bit. At least that's what I was doing on Wednesday when you said it a couple of times. Um, maybe there's someone that can take it a little more serious. You know, it is 2019, so you have to be careful what you say with anything. But um, from my perspective, Brent, uh, I was just joking around with you, but, so I don't... So here's what I Googled, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, found, I found up. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Well, I didn't know the movie thing yeah, until yeah, the guy yeah. sent it to me. But what I did, if I read this correct, I read it quick. It, it was pretty fast because then I just started asking people. But it was something about 1992 in Ross Perot, uh-huh. either on the on the on the political campaign, where he said something like "you people," and I think either it was interpreted like, or he said I couldn't really make it out. I wasn't completely comprehending all of it. Where he said "your people" instead of "you people." Okay. You know, so I, I, I mean, go, I w- so is it from the movie? Is my point, or well, is there a real stigma 
Well, Brent, I was five years old when Ross Perot was saying that, so I have no idea about Ross Perot. I just know it from the movie, personally, and and, um, obviously Tropic Thunder stands out. So, like I said, I think you're okay. Um, I'm sure you're going to offend somebody if you you say that, but... Let's be honest. You can offend anybody by saying anything these days. So. But like, so I could, I really could offend somebody by saying you people. Like in general, like I'm talking about you people, like you're, you Jaguars, you're, you Jaguars you're fan about base. Jaguar fans that didn't want Antonio Brown. That's 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 the people that you're talking about. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, I could offend some people. I I would say maybe a person. You know, just right. just looking for a thing. But well, I, well hey, listen. Th- I wanted you when I texted you today. I almost asked you to bring your apology. <laughs> I because, got saved. <laughs> you got saved on the computer. Yeah, yeah. So I apologize if you're offended by you people, and because of this moment, I'm probably going to take it out of my conversation now. Well, I'm actually upset you're apologizing for it, man. If, if, if you don't think you did anything wrong, then don't apologize. Well, I know I didn't yeah. intentionally do anything wrong, but yeah. it was one of those moments where I do think when we talk about uh, whether race or other things. Mm-hmm. Like, that genuinely would have been a moment, like, if I really did offend somebody, yeah. and it became a thing. Yeah. Like, I really had no idea. Yeah. That was the moral of this story. Yeah. And all it can happen. Sudden, all of a sudden, Brent brings me on this show, he's getting a little more <laughs> cocky, starts getting a little more, you know, liberal with his sayings and whatnot. I, I see how it is, dude. It's all good. No worries. Oh, see, okay. Uh, stat boy coming up big. Not with a stat. Okay. But he is confirming what I said. It originated with Ross Perot. Tropic Thunder played off that. Well, Tropic Thunder, I also sent you a video today, too, of uh, anger management featuring Adam Sandler, where he was, uh, there was a black flight attendant, and he said, you people, and the flight attendant took it the wrong way, and then he ended up uh, tasering Mr. Sandler. So, All right. Yeah, so it's in a couple movies. I'm glad we got that off our chest. I know we did spend a little too much time on it, but I really needed it. This is a couple oh, of times in this week I needed therapy. It's very therapeutic for you, man. I'm glad to help out. Appreciate you all being there for me. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll try to take it out, that phrase at least, baby, out of uh, my rants. Well, I, I can't wait to see where we go next week with the whole thing. <laughs> It'll be something new. <laughs> all right, I promise balling and falling. Stay in your lane. And we've got a game? Uh, we might have a game. We'll see how much time we got. And we also have a reset because there's a lot that happened in the world of sports. And I'll tell you if anything else is happening in the NFL next on ESPN 690. Boston Lane, too much muscle. He is taking the shot at the 17th hole replica. Testing the wind right now. Far three, 35 yards away. Camera rolling. Off the top of the net and in. That's the way to use it, is get the screened porch and then on the green. You did it twice. Fast today. Fast <laughs> uh, Austin Lane taking a couple of shots here at the uh, 17th hole replica. Be honest, TBC not Sawgrass. bad. No, you, I'm telling you what, man. What did We, we discussed this before. Yeah. Have you ever played a r- full round of golf? Uh, when I was a kid, when I was like in middle school, I did. Okay. And then I stopped playing. And then last year, I played a round with my father-in-law. Um, I felt bad because I lost literally all his golf balls that he had, <laughs> uh, it, you know, in the water and wood and stuff. So I, I, I don't play at all. Well, you have become a better athlete because you have a pretty good golf swing. For That's a guy fair. who does not play at all, yeah, I mean, I, I would play. say you have a very good golf swing. Oh, thank you The very problem much. is they don't have any lefty clubs out there. Well, s- start being normal, Brent. What so can I, tell I you? might have to take a swing righty, and we have one – long segment here up until the top of the hour. Okay. And uh, so you yeah. may have to cover for me. No, that's no problem. Uh, eventually. But do I see any more golf balls left? Did you put one in the bag there? Uh, it's close. Don't worry. We can go. I can just crawl up there and get some more for you if you want. Take a swim. But I'm going to be honest though, Brent, fast greens today. Fast Fast greens. greens. That should fast not greens. matter with this shot if the fast greens are not. You'd be surprised. All right. Uh, let's get to it. Balling and falling. What you got? Uh, balling and falling. Well, balling. 
uh, these guys are actually considered the opposite of balling, but I had to put it someplace in the segment. So, urine, urine collectors. Brent, have you ever, uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of a player missing the last play of a game uh, because he had to use the bathroom? Have you ever heard of that? I've not heard of that. Well, not the last play of a game. I've heard of a play. Exactly, the very the last play of the game for using the bathroom because uh, a drug test. Okay, so Otto Porter Jr. of uh, the Buffalo, I'm sorry, the Buffalo of the Chicago Bulls for uh, of the Chicago Bulls was forced to miss the final possession of the game because he was going to the bathroom. Why was he going to the bathroom? Because uh, as the 76ers and Kuz, I'm sure you're watching this one, failed to convert an inbounds alley-oop play with .5 seconds left in the game, <laughs> uh, players were heading off the court because they thought the game was over. Well, they brought him back on the court, and uh, as Porto, Porter was in the bathroom, because I guess right after the game you have to get drug tested. Uh, he Did had you say a, porno? Porter, sorry. Hmm. Uh, as Careful. Porter was in the locker room, they brought him in to get tested, and uh, unfortunately he missed the last play of the game, but thankfully uh, the Bulls still won. All right. Well, there you go. How about I got balling, mm-hmm. and it's my man Antonio Brown. <laughs> balling, huh? Because he's not, he's not going to Buffalo. Well, now the word. Well, that could be a good reason, but but there's more news on Antonio Brown. Field Yates just reported on Antonio Brown's Instagram Live. Quote: Hey, I'm about to announce my new team in like a little bit. All right, something positive is about to be happening real soon. Trust me. Stay by the phone. Big announcement coming soon. Big announcement coming soon. Mister Big Checks. So now, now it's Mr. Big Checks. Well, hang on, Mr. here's Big the Chess. thing. So in the original video, did he actually say Mr. Big Checks, and everybody thought it was Mr. Big Chest, and it kind of took on from there? That's interesting. Or this is just a typo by Field Yates. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Either way, <laughs> but riveting. Then there's an, someone else. I just saw something else uh, tweeted, and I don't know how good this source is, but NFL Update, I, I don't know if they normally uh, – tweet factual information or not, but it says Antonio Brown has told people close to him that he expects to land in Oakland. All right, great. Uh, who knows? I mean, there's reports out of, like from Schefter and I think Rappaport today that said there are a lot of people pulling out of the mix on Antonio Brown. Honestly, though, when it comes to Antonio Brown, I can see him in the black and silver. Yeah, that you know? makes there makes some sense. Yeah. I mean, there's some people that say, hey, could he go there and Le'Veon Bell also go there, and all of a sudden, bam, they are right in the mix of things in the AFC West. I mean, I, I guess you could see it. If John Gruden thinks he could handle it, you could see something like that happening. But, yep. uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole Antonio Brown stuff for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know what's happening. I know what's not happening. I really wish it would happen. I'll leave it at that. Fallen, okay. Don. Fallen. Ronda Rousey. Look, I understand that wrestling is scripted, Brent. You have to tell me that. But back when I was a kid, I actually thought Brian Pillman was going to pull a gun on Stone Cold Steve Austin and shoot him in the head. So I was pretty worried about it. But listen, when it comes to wrestling, it's sports entertainment, okay? And the first rule of professional wrestling is that you don't acknowledge that it's fake. Well, that's exactly what Ronda Rousey did in her latest, I guess you'd call it a webisode, um, where she, and I'm going to quote here, said that, and I quote, wrestling is scripted. It's made up. It's not real. And I'm keep in mind, I'm going to edit some things out here. None of you expletives can expletive touch me. Wow. So, uh, and then she also told, um, she said, screw the WWE and the, and the universe as well, which includes the fans. So, um, listen, I understand, Rousey, you came into the game. You got handed everything right off the bat. You were the champion. They thought that they're going to turn you face, make you the face of the business. And for a while, everything was kosher. Everything was going good. But then, you know, your, your, in, your in-ring skills maybe weren't up to par. Obviously, your mic skills weren't at, weren't as, at all. And, hey, what did they do? The, the fans turned on you, so they turned you heel. 
I'm all for turning around her as a heel. I feel like her personality matches the, the heel persona better than okay. being a face of the company. But at the same time, you can't just do whatever you want to do and say, well, it's fake, it's bullcrap. If anyone tries to fight me, I'll actually beat him up in real life. Yeah, we get it. You're, you're in the MMA, you're in the cage. You fought in the UFC. You're one of the most decorated UFC champions of all time. But I just ask you that don't ruin it for the casual fans. You know, I mean, I, I understand you're trying to make a point right now, but the greatest thing about wrestling is the fact that the unexpected can be the biggest star. Case in point, Becky Lynch. She came out of nowhere. Uh, she she got her nose broken, was bleeding all over the place, and all of a sudden she became the biggest thing ever. Um, just because you, you have a pedigree of coming from the UFC, um, just because you have a pedigree of being an Olympian in judo, it doesn't mean it's going to translate to wrestling. You have to work on your craft. You have, to, you have to master it. So don't hate on wrestling. Don't say it's fake. How about you just do a better job uh, and step your skills up a little bit, and maybe, you know, people start cheering for you pretty soon. Ah, there you go. Uh, well, how about falling for me? LSU's Will Wade. Have you caught the story? I think everybody has by now. The Sports Center updates have been uh, filling you in. And he's been suspended by LSU. I mean, after this FBI probe, I, th- where does this go? This is one of the most fascinating stories that I believe is kind of hard to talk about at this stage because we don't have a ton of information. It's a lot of uh, court stuff, uh, which we will talk to John Phillips about going forward next week and, and beyond, uh, and he'll give us the, the legal lowdown on this, but I just can't get over today. It's not high-profile Rick Pitino. It's not high-profile Roy Williams. It's not anyone like that, but Will Wade has a top-ten program at LSU and the SEC in the country, top-ten in the nation, and he's been suspended pretty much on the cusp of an SEC tournament, which is essentially on the cusp of the NCAA tournament, where he might be a two-seed, three-seed, four-seed in the tournament. So what happens to LSU, first of all, the next couple of weeks as they move on without their basketball coach? What happens to Will Wade? What happens to the LSU program? I think is fascinating, but no doubt they are falling, even though they have been very good this season on the basketball court. little stay in your lane quick. I say we go stay in your lane, and I'm really hoping because I gotta run. I gotta run from here okay. over to Wells Fargo Building downtown. Clear the way okay. from six o'clock to like six thirty-five. I'm Martin gonna need coming. a little help. I'm gonna have to weave in and out. I might not stay in my lane. Well, we, it's ESPN. <laughs> Let's get a police escort. Come on, man. Yeah, you know, I think we got the chopper. I was thinking of ash, acting, uh, asking Sky Action News Jacks to come pick me up. All right. Well, Brent, you might want to put it on cruise control here because you might not get what I'm about to say. But hey. It's my segment. I say what I want. Cruise control. Listen, I never go. It's really not because it's your segment, by the way. It's just because you're bigger than me. Okay, fair enough. I'll take it. Wait, whatever it is, I'm rolling with it. (laughs) So, uh, cruise control. Listen, I never go against the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. That's my team. But shout out to the Lansing Lugnuts, the Class A affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays, for having uh, backyard baseball night. Are you familiar with backyard baseball, Brent? I'm not, but it sounds the awesome. The game, yeah. So it, it was a computer game back when we were kids and everything. Well, when I was a kid, you were uh, still an adult. Uh, back when I was a kid, but listen, fans will have the opportunity to vote uh, on which backyard legend that they want to see be, become a bobblehead. The choices are Stephanie Morgan, Ahmed Khan. Pete Wheeler, and Kenny Kawaguchi. So, uh, yeah, check out uh, the bobblehead night for uh, the Lansing Lugnuts. Shout out to Backyard Baseball. Shout out to Kenny Kawaguchi. Kenny, he was one of the players in the game? Yep, he, he was in a wheelchair. Uh, of course, people remember Ahmed Khan by wearing earmuffs. Um, no one really knows why. He, I, I think it, you could say some people might remember. I'm not sure. Of course people will remember. Okay, okay, well, 
Ahmed Khan wore the earmuffs. <laughs> Pete Wheeler was a tall, skinny, gingery kid with the freckles. And uh, Stephanie Morgan, uh, she was the African-American gal. I've got um, some beef. Coos? I've got Coos, some you know beef. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, I, why isn't Pablo an option? He was oh, always Brent, the oh, best. Brent, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hey, pump the brakes. Okay. And I'm screaming okay. in front of the whole Sawgrass staff right now. <laughs> pump the brakes. Lancing lug nuts for having backyard baseball night. And not including, so I did some research, Coos. Pablo Sanchez was actually last year's, okay? So I'm not mad at that. Oh, okay. But where is Tony Del Vecchio? Where is the Afro wunderkind himself, Dante Robinson? How are you going to make – I mean, I get it. It's PC culture. We have to throw, you know, we have to throw Ahmed Khan in there. we got to throw the ginger kid in there. There's a kid in a wheelchair. I get it. Dude, but I come got on. two redhead kids. I mean, but, but, but settle come down on. on the ginger kid hey, stuff. I mean, geez. I'm talking, we're talking all-time greats like Tony <laughs> Del Vecchio, man. He was the greaser. He was straight out of Goodfellas. He was straight out of the Sopranos. He was sucking on a lollipop the whole time, even when he was playing. What a baller. And then, of course, like I said, the Afro Wunderkind himself, Dante Robinson, who was the fastest player in the game, not Pablo Sanchez, Dante Robinson. I mean, some of the biggest controversy, I think, right now in baseball is these two guys not getting in bobblehead night. Wow. Uh, And by the way, Ty and Kaylee, I love your red hair. (laughs) I mean, I'm not against red hair. I'm just saying... In in the PC culture, it's funny how we can't just get Tony Delvecchio and Dante Robinson. Hey, you're upset about that. I mean, you got, that was the most amped up you got all day. In fact, these backyard two young, baseball spent a lot of time playing. These that, two yeah. young ladies over here at the bar area, they were serving early. Like, I don't remember serving this guy that much stuff. Why is I, he so angry? That that's just called life. That's all that is. That's just, it's called life and passion. It's all a lot that of passion is. there. Yeah. Uh, what is the name of the team again? The Lugnuts? Yeah, the Le- Lansing Lugnuts. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of the Lugnuts before. Okay, right on. All right. Uh, hey, we've got about 15 minutes to go here. Uh, we are live at TPC Sawgrass. If you're watching us on the video stream, well, you're welcome, first of all. Mm-hmm. Doesn't this look great? I mean, if you're if you're going home on a Friday right now, and you, have a, you don't have a backyard that looks like this, but if you just have a backyard, sit out on the patio, the lanai, as they call it, <laughs> down here in uh, Florida. And you go have a little cocktail tonight, adult beverage, maybe grill out. Man, it's a beautiful night in Jacksonville. I mean, it's cooled down a little here. We are at, we have a fantastic setting, and we will take you all around the beautiful TPC Sawgrass uh, over the next week. We'll have different locations we broadcast live from. Uh, come out today. Uh, we had a lot of things going on, so we decided to do the show from here. They also had a little, uh, how was the food anyway? Oh, yeah. It was good? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even try it. That was a winner. For sure. Yeah, and we didn't try the drinks, although it seems like you have, but I promise, folks, he hasn't. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's backyard baseball. You have to be passionate about that. So shout out to Pablo Sanchez and shout out to the Wallabies back in the day. That, that was my team, the Wallabies. Uh, the Wallabies. And yeah. uh, one other note to pass along from a Players' Championship perspective, and I want to make sure I get the uh, information correct. And I'm just going to say it wasn't the Wallabies, it was actually the Wombats. The Wombats, Wombats, yes. Sorry, Wombats. Uh, the fan <laughs> shop is opening early tomorrow from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Sunday from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. No ticket required. No golf to watch tomorrow and, and Sunday. Free parking in the general lot, which is off Palm Valley uh, Road. And yoga mats, beach oh. towels, ladies, now clear you, well, totes. 
32,000 okay. hats, 24 unique t-shirt designs, 15,000 t-shirts and hoodies inside the uh, the uh, fan shop here at the Players' Championship. You can spend a ton of money I'll believe weekend. it when I see it, yeah. I mean, thankfully, I'll maybe take that paycheck that, you know, at the action sports uh, people are giving me and uh, maybe go take it to the <laughs> fan shop, get some essentials here. If they have a size 8.5 hat, I'll take it. I hope it uh, comes in soon, your paycheck. Oh, no, it's all good. And, uh, by right. the way, we picked up it's credentials today. You're in. Sweet. You're in. Is, uh, it didn't get rejected. Was 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 my name spelled right or not? Yeah, I put it in. I okay. put the request I'm just saying, in. Hey, it's in. I'm just right. saying, when it came to Daytona, A-U-S-T-I-N. Was it really? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, I put that one in, too, but I, I spelled mm, it right. Interesting. You complimented okay. me at one point when I spelled it correctly. I did. You were yeah. surprised. So yeah. most people spell it I-N. Oh, everyone spells yeah. it I-N. That's yeah. right. I mean, basically, it's just me and Jane Austen, who I was not named after. Uh, so don't start spreading rumors, everybody. But. Okay. My wife has the same problem because uh, she's Stephanie with an F, Ooh. which is pretty unique. But so does she go by Stephanie or Steph though? Steph. Uh, Steph. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But no, I hear you. Stephanie with an F is is rare. Yeah. Special. It's, not, it's a little unusual. Um, okay. She's not. She's not unusual. <laughs> just in case she's <laughs> nice listening. Nice save, Brent. <laughs> just in case she's listening. Uh, all right. Let's put a bow on the show and a recap because there's a lot that's happened in the NFL uh, today and really with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do we see this landing? Okay, we're going to come back on a Monday after this weekend. And Carlos Hyde, Carson Tinker, Malik Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson, and... Jeremy Parnell. Jeremy Parnell uh, have been released. They, they cleared some $30 million in cap space. They, the cap's not a problem right now nope. at all. Uh, Blake Bortles will most likely be released at some point in the next week, we think. Uh, that Many people believe, and, and I'm with those folks. That will clear a little bit more space. And now the league year, we come back on Monday, the rumor mill is rampant because now you can talk to players. So at 12.01 Monday morning, the Jaguars and Nick Foles' agent can get on the line and start hammering out a deal. Give me a, a, your guess at when on Monday or Tuesday, or will it take till the league year opens on Wednesday, that we find out Nick Foles is, is a done deal They've agreed on a three, four-year contract, whatever it might be, and he's coming to Jacksonville. Listen, I think it's going to take longer than people are going to predict just for the simple cause that when we're talking Nick Foles, we're talking about a guy who's going to want the top dollar, as he should. He's, he's going to be the highest-ranked free agent quarterback. And if it, was, if it was my team, if I was the GM, I'm not paying you more than $20 million. Now, I don't know how Foles thinks. I mean, I feel like he's, a, he's definitely a team guy. He's a team player and whatnot. But listen... Money's money, and um, if he's asking for over $20 million, uh, you know, there might be some negotiations going on, especially if there's another team that we're not talking about right now that might come in and try to swoop him up as well. So from that perspective, I think we're going to see this situation take a little longer unless Foles comes for, you know, maybe that $17, $18 million that, uh, that people are hoping for. If that's the case and, you know, we go, hey, Foles, $18 million, take it or leave it, he sees the market, he's like, all right, well, I don't really have a choice. And you know it's all gravy from there, but keep an eye on it because it might be uh, it might be drawn out a little bit. Yeah, I think by uh, late Monday night we'll have a good feeling of what's going on there. I, I think it will take a little bit to hammer out. I've said this uh, all week long. It's not a done deal on a couple of fronts. One, a team could jump in. Mm-hmm. Two, the bigger reason why I don't think it's a done done deal is this negotiation won't be that easy. Sure, Nick Foles is smart. He wants to lead a team. He wants to lead an organization. But like you said, money still matters. Money matters to the agent because it affects his next deal that he might make if he's got another quarterback or whoever else. And money matters to players because you make as much as you can in the NFL before they cut you loose. 
All you have to do is see what happened today with Tayshawn Gibson and Malik Jackson and, yep. and, and others. And Brent, it's like I always say, it's not about the money, it's what the money says. If they offer him Blake Bortles money, that's saying, we value just as much as we value Blake Bortles. I think Foles Camp's going to be like, you're better than Blake Bortles, we want more. Well, not only that, but you, you almost sign a deal, and I don't think you look at this as a player, but I think your agent looks at it as you sign a deal so the next guy who signs a deal can get more. Right, you yeah, keep climbing the ladder, yeah. and look where we are in salaries, and that's what's happened. It's all about the wheel so, of progress. That's yes. right, and, and and I think there's a belief in that because that's kind of from a players association standpoint that helps the player, that helps future players, that helps current players, that are going to be free agents. So, but my my point in this is I think it will take a little bit longer than some people expect because of that. I think the agent will play a little hardball, and the Jags have every right here to play hardball. They, I don't necessarily think they will unfairly lowball him. But I do think they will look at the market, and they will they will call the bluff, and they will say, listen, we want to craft this deal. We want to give him money. We want to give him what's fair. But we also want to craft this deal the way we feel like we can handle it in 2019 and beyond. So I think it's more for the Jags, not necessarily the dollar figure, but how they can craft it. And I think that will take some hammering out to do, unless they have just yep. totally illegally tampered <laughs> and been doing it anyway. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, from an optics point of view, I think it's important this doesn't happen at like 12.05 Monday morning. Yes. Because that won't look good for the Jags and the agent in terms of the tampering issue. I think you could have the NFL looking into that because of all the reports of Nick Foles. Without this is doubt. still a connect-the-dot story. But, uh, again, if you put my house on it, I think it will be a done deal. I think it could happen Monday, late Monday night, early Tuesday morning. And then the, the whole, at least that domino falls for the Jags. Then do, when do they release Blake Bortles? And who else do they get? I think Jesse James is, is someone who will have a, they'll have a real chance at, the tight end. I think they might Boyle's even look gone, at one so. of these safeties. Yeah. To try to well, add to what they have. Again, you can't rely on just one spot. I think they'll look at a mid-level pass rusher next week. Yeah. And I, But well, what happens in the new league year, too, is the blockbuster guys go early. Well, this is kind of a weak free agent class all in general. And then the next is a second wave. And I think the Jags will be involved in the second wave when you're looking at the safety, the pass rusher, maybe even a veteran wide receiver. Even offensive tackle, too, maybe a guard. You know? uh, good I mean, point. They will. Be in the market as they well. will get somebody. Yes. It won't be like, whoa, look what they got. Yeah, yeah. But they but, will cover their bases so they don't get pigeonholed in the draft a couple months down the road. Exactly, without a doubt. So those are the big stories with the Jags. There's big stories all around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Do you think Antonio Brown, we find something out by the end of the weekend? Or is he still floating around? On Monday. Mr. Big Checks. Uh, listen, from a perspective, people are predicting Oakland. I think that's the perfect spot for him. I can see him rocking that silver and black. So I'm going to say by the end of the weekend, yes, Brown would have made a decision. And I guess I'm going to hedge my bets on Oakland. Yeah, it's probably a good bet. Uh, yeah. Somebody's got to jump in here. And Pittsburgh has to take less than what they what they wanted initially. Yep. I think it's as simple as that when it comes to Antonio Brown. Go get him, Jags. Go get him, Jags. Give up one of those third-round picks. If that's it, oh, <laughs> I'm getting excited. It's not going to happen, but I would do it. Uh, Giants agreed to trade uh, Olivia Vernon to the Browns. Yeah. Olivia Vernon, I always think this is interesting. Did the Jags actually get lucky a couple of years ago? They were in the Olivier Vernon sweepstakes. He chose the Giants because he thought he wanted to play in New York rather than Jacksonville. That was really mm-hmm. why he chose it. Sure. Jacksonville threw a lot of money on him. We don't look at things this way a lot. But did the Jags get lucky not getting Olivier Vernon? 
he has not lived up to that big deal. He's really they now traded him away, and the Jags did end up with a couple of pass rushers, and Yannick Ngakwe and Dante Fowler Jr. are pretty good, especially Yannick Ngakwe, who you're going to sign to a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. So it feels like the Jags actually benefited from the Olivier Vernon decision. Without a doubt, yeah. Which You don't always look at deals that way, but that's a pretty good break. No, for, at the I mean, end of the day, I guess you can say we kind of dodged the bullet on that one for sure. A uh, guy that's really underachieved. We'll see how he fits in with, with the new franchise. You know, Cleveland's really making some moves right now. Um, they're in it to win it, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Oh, by the way, the if Olivier Vernon can live up to what he is, mm-hmm. and you put Miles Garrett with him, yep. Now that's a formidable duo. This Cleveland team, they have I'm fixed things in a it. hurry. Not mad at it. And they've always been a bit more talented than their record indicates. Mm-hmm. But Cleveland is something to watch now. I mean, for real, something to watch. It's a matter of if Mayfield, to me, takes that step. Yep. You know, can he take the step? He showed highlights and flashes. But will he take the step to be a really good quarterback in the NFL? Uh, Eric Weddle goes to the Rams. Rams aren't giving up on this uh, uh, coming off a Super yeah. Bowl appearance. Well, is it finally announced? I mean, I know it was a rumor. I don't know if it's well, it could be. These, the these, these, yeah. these are all rumors yeah. until they get announced on Wednesday. Yeah. But. Listen, Weddle wants to play for a Super Bowl contender, obviously. Rams are that. So uh, it's not a bad pickup for the Rams. Probably a, a, maybe a one. Probably I see it's probably a one-year deal, but we shall see. Kuz, uh, are you not allowed to talk to your better half like until she's actually absolutely <laughs> done with the Players' Championship? No, we've been texting back and forth today. Oh, okay. Because she's here. Yeah, she sent me so, a Snapchat. Say, if you, oh yeah, yeah. If you if you like you didn't weren't allowed to even talk to her. I don't know if it was off limits, <laughs> like because she's so busy until like March 18th. Yeah, no, we we hardly see each other until uh, until it's over. But we we've been texting back and forth. Okay, good, good. Uh, well, we'll say hi for you at the very least. Yeah, okay? yeah. Tell her I say hi. All right. Uh, and who says hi? By the way. <laughs> she says hello. Yeah, she says hello. She says she's not even mad at you, Goose. Me oh, that's Brent good. Not like us. We're just here. the ones usually mad at you. Oh, yeah. I still, I'm still mad at you, man. All right. Coos, you got big plans this weekend? Um, Yeah, probably some drinking, hanging out at the house, relaxing for next <laughs> week. Drinking his first <laughs> big answer. plans. Big plans, probably some drinking. What a life. What an alcoholic, yeah. If, if anybody's interested in my plans, I'll be going to Jack Rabbits on Sunday to watch the Joy Formidable little punk band from England. Uh, hey, if I'm in the mosh pit, come say hi to me, and uh, we'll get real crazy. I don't understand a word you just said. Joy Formidable, mosh pit, jackrabbits, come say hi to me. Hey, Marcel Darius, thanks for joining us. Josh Lambeau, thanks for joining us. Ricky Carmichael, thanks for joining us. This has been a lot of fun out of TPC Sawgrass. We'll be here all next week as well for Coos and Austin Lane. I'm Brent Martin. I'll see you on TV live from the J-Fund Wine Gala coming up at 6.50 on Fox 30. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you guys in the mosh pit. <laughs>